With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Anthony Hernandez holding it down. No nonsense content. Throw the round. Talking about things that are so profound. Talking about this and that and getting real loud. He's on that podcast holding it down. This is it. Recognize when you hear the sound. No subject going untouched. Listen up and pipe down. This shit about to start right now. Right now. Holding it down. 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 Molding the crown. What's up, man? This is Anthony Hernandez. Welcome to Holding It Down. Today, as promised, super excited. Uh, our guest this week, Jesse Roberts, all the way from the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois. Jesse, Ren, what's going on, buddy? What is going on? I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to to talk to you and, you know. Hold it down, if we're gonna you will. Hold, yeah, we're going to hold it yeah. down, man. And yeah. So when we started this, when I started this podcast, it was originally, here's the thing. I don't know if you've listened. I know you listened to the Brandon Allen episode. I listened to your first episode and then the Brandon episode. Okay, yeah. So yeah. So then you know, like, the original format for this was supposed to be, like, the hardcore, gritty there's yeah people talking about crazy shit on here with some yeah know. i heard that and i was like get me on get me <laughs> this on this is there. the podcast i this need to is be on me <laughs> so for those listeners that are expecting um you know drug dealers and drug users and and gangsters jesse is a pastor um yeah this is complete opposite <laughs> side of the spectrum but it's okay because we need that perspective as well um I, I, yeah i, 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 I think take that no, yeah, I I think that um, I thought that it, it was an interesting like I wanted to like be a part of the conversation. I love the idea of like bringing everybody together from like different um, you know different aspects of life, different parts of life, and like having a full conversation. That's been like one of my biggest frustrations in like you know the world today is that nobody has like a. Uh, a full conversation seeing it from like every side and i should say uh before everybody turns it off immediately um i'm not here <laughs> i'm not here to be like yo you gotta stop doing drugs you like that's not what i'm that's not <laughs> you're going to hell <laughs> that's not it i would never have anybody who's anti-drug on this podcast i'm just <laughs> And I would never be on a podcast where they're anti-drugs. Right. We don't discriminate. That's right. <laughs> and for those, <laughs> Je- and Jesse's not just a pastor, right? I didn't just, you know, pick him out of the biggest super church or something, but he, um, <laughs> he's a comedian. He's one of my favorite comedians. And he's also host of his own podcast, um, Talking Hawks. So for all my Seahawks fans, if you're looking for a badass podcast, talks about Seahawks. This dude is the freaking you know the you're like the google of seahawks dude i'm like i can't even keep up with you You just spew out facts when i listen to your episodes i'm like what the how do you know all this stuff 
I will say most of it really is just from passion. Uh, there, there has been some research taking place. I thought I was pretty arrogant when we first started it. I was just like, it's all right here. It's yeah. all up in the noggin. And then we did a, our first, very first episode. Uh, like there's probably four or five things that are just like completely way off base of like facts. <laughs> and I was just like, well, let's just post it anyway. But I, I like have to keep going back where I'm like, I said this, but it actually is this. Sorry. Um, you're like, yeah, you're like, uh, like on Monday Night Football when they just throw out the most randomest facts, like you know. Uh, yeah. Russell Wilson has the most passing yards between 2016 and 2020 with, <laughs> while wearing blue cleats and green yep. wristbands. Like he, he leads the league. Like he leads he leads the league in that. Um, I do. I will say I I really like to throw out like obscure facts, but I also I have a, a pretty good um, ability of repeating uh, interesting things that I hear. So it makes me sound smart, but I'm just like hearing it from like, you know, 15 different sources. And then I'm putting it out there. People are like, whoa, Jesse really knows what he's talking about. I just hear the things and I'm like, oh, this sounds smart when I say that. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Do you, did you, are you a UFC guy? I know you you watch boxing. Um, I used to be big time dude, like hardcore MMA, but I honestly haven't watched much UFC lately. I haven't watched any yeah. MMA lately. Tell you the truth. Well, there was just it. Do you know Mike Goldberg, right? Yeah. Uh, the old like announcer or whatever. Yeah. So the, the other there commentator. Was this, yeah. So I used to watch every month, right? They this was when they had it was like once a month there would be the big pay per view. Okay. Um. So we would you we would have the party every month, right? So we were watching once and a guy got kicked and it was like a really loud, like slapping noise, like on the stomach. And Mike Goldberg was like, Whoa, that was insane. (laughs) And then Joe Rogan was like, yeah, it sounded intense, but you're really looking for that thud. Right. And it's just kind of like a smacking. It was more of a sound. Like you're looking for a thud for the real damage. And Goldberg's like, Oh, okay, cool. And then the literal next month. Right. (laughs) Uh, the slapping sound happened again and Goldberg was like, now that sounds like it did a lot of damage, but (laughs) it really isn't. Uh, And I was just like, you're just repeating what Rogan told you literally the month before. (laughs) He had the the Um, last fight you watched. Right. And now he's the expert. I'm I'm calling Goldberg out because I noticed it, but that's what I do. 100%. That's what I do. Like I'll hear Collinsworth say something and then I'm like, Oh, Collinsworth knows what he's talking about. I'll repeat that. Then do you ever like um read uh, do you like uh well you don't have social media, do you? I don't have social media. So, That's we could talk about that if you wanted. So then you don't know that nobody likes Collinsworth because he spews out the most craziest facts. No, I'm See, I'm all in on Collinsworth. He's like my I used, favorite. No, he I used to like him, dude. He was like my favorite. I'm like, I like Chris Collinsworth. And then uh, I do, you look at like Twitter or even like Facebook's Facebook yeah. posts and stuff and everybody hates on him. And I'm thinking like, <laughs> damn, I like that guy. I don't, yeah. I feel like, I feel like there has to be a little bit of like a network influence where it's like, yo, you got to like hit these yeah. random facts because I feel like Collinsworth isn't that Knowledgeable. type of a guy. Well, I just don't think he would, like, want to spew out something that you're like, well, that seems pointless. Like, I don't yeah. know. 
this just isn't like, a podcast though about defending chris collinsworth no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to talking collinsworth yeah we, do- <laughs> we uh we, we just uh defend different uh color commentators from different right. all, all areas all, all that's sports right. that's right goldberg's trash collinsworth is great uh, la- uh, next week's episode, we will be talking about uh, Julio Mendez, the soccer <laughs> <laughs> football announcer, commentator. <laughs> Dude, uh, n- not that it really has anything to do with Mike Goldberg. Is that his name, Mike Goldberg? Yeah. No, no, no. Mike Goldberg is the ESPN guy. Um, no. He's the Re- UFC, the old commentator. No, you're right. Mike Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that it has anything to do with him, but I'm trying to stretch this to make it relevant. So, <laughs> Bruce Buffer. <laughs> yeah. I My guess, man. Yeah, Bruce Buffer, dude. That dude is wild. I just saw, um, like, there's a – have you heard the story about him and Frank Trigg getting in a fight in the in an elevator in Vegas? No. Like, a fist, like a fist fight. <laughs> so, yeah, I saw, I saw this interview, and it talked about um, – they were all going to go out. They were going to go party together, right? Him, Frank Trigg, Bruce Buffer, someone else. I don't know. So they're walking. They're going to go to the club. They're in Vegas, right? So they get to the elevator. They get inside, and Dana White is in the elevator. And these dudes are at the top floor, like the, you know, very like the top floor, like penthouse type shit. Yeah. So then uh, they're going to go down to the bottom where the club is at. And, and so since Dane is there, and this is when Frank Trigg is a contender, you know what I mean? Like he's one of the top, yeah. top 10 fighters probably in, in the UFC at this time. And Bruce, <laughs> they're standing in the elevator. Frank Trigg starts talking to, to Dana White about the, his next fight, paydays, you know, maybe a title show, whatever. He's talking yeah. business, right? Yeah. And, and as Dana White's talking, Bruce Buffer interrupts him and says, Hey, that's a nice watch. Where did you get that watch? Because apparently he's like a like a watch aficionado type of guy. You know, he's okay. that's thing. <laughs> so he sees Dana's watch and just cuts him off. And Frank Trigg looks over and like karate chops him in the throat. <laughs> like <laughs> like blood sport, Frank Dukes. Yeah. Like, like I know you're a mixed martial artist or whatever, but <laughs> did you really have to go with the karate chop? He chops him in the throat, dude. And tells him, don't interrupt while we're talking business. Like, scolds him. <laughs> and Bruce Buffer says, Frank, you hit me. Why did you hit me? You fucking hit me, you know? And Frank Drake tells him, yeah, what the fuck are you going to do about it? And so Bruce Buffer is not just like a ring announcer. Like, he used to be. He's a boxer. He's a fighter. Sure. Bruce, they said Bruce Buffer just took off on him. Boom, 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 boom. Just hit him a couple times. And then once he hit Frank Trigg, obviously Trigg turns around and then they just were toe to toe. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to dance, like, hide. Yeah. They're in an elevator. And Dana White said it was him and his bodyguard. So Dana White said, I just took a step back and was like, holy shit, this is really happening. Yeah. And he took a step back and then they just, he let him fight all the way from the, the penthouse all the <laughs> way down to the, <laughs> to where, you know, it got to the bottom, you know, and once they said they were just fighting and, um, they got to the bottom floor and the doors opened and Bruce, it was like, bing, you know, and the, it was like the round ended. They heard the, just like- <laughs> they both stopped. Bruce Buffer was like, okay, we're done. And Frank Tree was like, okay, we're done. And they both, you know, landed a lot of good shots, they said. But Bruce Buffer, uh, he got cut on his hand from Frank Trigg's watch and he had to go to the hospital and get stitched up. 
but I guess like they're still buddies now. Like they still hang out. They're, they're good friends, you know? That is, I feel like that is a pretty insane story, but also like a pretty typical like bro story. Like, have you ever been in, you like get in a fist fight with like your friend or something? Yeah. And then tomorrow it's um, like, it didn't happen. Like, like it just so one day I'll tell you this. Yeah, and it's like yeah, it was just it's water under the bridge, no big deal. So I right. I'll tell you this one time. Um, so I had just I had this is okay. I just had got out of prison, right? This is 2016. Okay. I just got out of prison. I mean, I'd been out. I got out in July of 2016. So Christmas party 2016, right? Me and my my best friend gets me a job, and um, we go to our Christmas party, and it's. I get fucking trashed, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, because it's not like I have a tolerance of alcohol. You know, I, I just get <laughs> just belligerent and drunk. And um, we end up going back to his house afterwards. And uh, we have some, he has some other of our friends are over there and we're in the garage. And I used to be really big into BMX, right? Like, love, yeah. love BMX. And he, his daughter, he had bought his daughter a new BMX bike. And it had, like, pegs and it had a gyro. And I was like, whoa, this bike's awesome. <laughs> I'm super drunk. I get on the bike and I start riding it in his garage, right? And I start, yeah. like, doing, trying to do tricks or whatever. I don't want to say I'm, like, doing tricks because I'm, <laughs> I can't even walk hardly. You know what I mean? I can't stand. Yeah. So um, one of our other friends is there and he was like, he says something like, damn, that's badass, Anthony. I didn't know you could ride bike. Or I didn't know you could do that shit. Or, you know, so he tried to give me a compliment. And yeah. I, I jumped off the bike. I picked it up and I threw it across the garage. And I started telling him, like, you don't know shit about BMX. And I, <laughs> like, I took it super personal and I tried to fight him. Anyways, we go out onto the street and my friend who it's his house, I, me and him end up getting in a fight. Apparently, I didn't know this. The next morning I wake up, right? It's morning time and my face is sore. I feel it on my cheek and I, and I'm, I'm on the floor. I'm asleep. I don't have no shirt on. And my, and I, and I look over my best friend is laying on the floor right next to me. Right. We're both sleeping on the floor at his yeah. house, his living room, but my face is really sore. So I wake him up and I'm like, dude, um, did I get punched in the face last night? And, and he was like, what? I said, did I get hit in the face? Dude, my fucking cheek is sore. And he was all, you don't remember anything? And I said, no, I don't remember. And then he goes, nah, dude, you slipped and fell on the ice. You, you hit your face planted right in the street. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. And then I'm sitting there, right? So then I grab my phone to look at, to look at it because I'm thinking, like, well, I hit my face in the street. There's no scrapes. There's no burn. Yeah. There's nothing. There's just swollen, purple <laughs> cheek. So then I wake up. Hey, man. I shake him again. And I'm like, I don't think I fell, buddy, because I don't have, like, any abrasions. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's just swollen. Like I got, it's the size of a fist. <laughs> the, the swelling is the size of a fist. And then he starts laughing. He was like, yeah, dude, we got in a fight. And um, I tried to knock you out and because you can. <laughs> so, so apparently, we, I mean, I, I tried to punch him and we, he wrestled me down. And then we were just, we fight, we were fighting. And I punched him a bunch of times in the head and he was, didn't want to hit me back because I was so drunk. He carried yeah. me in the house and then I started fighting him again. And while I was on the ground, he said, he hit me one time, like, boom. <laughs> And, and and I said, did you knock me out? And he goes, um, for like two seconds. And then you woke up and just kept talking shit again. And I was like, <laughs> he goes, but then I laid down next to you and we just both fell asleep. You're okay. <laughs> and then I said, and, and this is my best friend. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, man. And I told him like, I'm really sorry, dude. I didn't mean for any of that to happen. But um, just so you know, 
um, I'm going to be sober in a few hours and then I'm going to punch you in the face and see how you like it. You know, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then we just laughed, you know, we laughed it off, but yeah. Same friend who broke my jaw. Did I ever tell you that story? No. Broke my jaw, man. We were in high, we were in high school. Yeah. We were in high school and we were boxing and he hit me one time, boom, and just jacked me up. And I put up with, I, I didn't know like my jaw was messed up. But it yeah. would, it, after that, it always like clicked or sometimes it would lock or you just, I would have jaw pain. Like I can't bite, I can't eat hard candy. Anyways, years later, I go to the dentist and they do like the scanner thing. Goes yeah. the face, and the doctor's like, yeah, did you get hit? In the, did you get hit? And I said, no, years ago. The last time I got right. hit in the face yeah. was by yeah. him years ago. And yeah. Like, well, your jaw is fractured. You have a hair, you know, like a fracture down the side of my jawline. Yeah. So then I had to tell him, and then I, you know, I had to like eat some humble pie and tell my friend like, yeah, you broke my jaw four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you owe me lunch, motherfucker. You broke my Yeah, jaw. I was going to say. So, yeah. Nothing hard though. I need, I need, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I need milkshake. You're going to parade, we're going to, is it called like parade or something like that? Where you blend up the meal like the, oh yeah puree yeah puree we're gonna do uh shakes like <laughs> breakfast shakes you're gonna mama bird this to me <laughs> bruce buffer dude my other friend he's a pro fighter right pro mma fighter and he went to texas for um for a fight and um was it bruce buffer that was the yeah one of the i don't know it was either him it had to be him yeah it was bruce buffer was the announcer you know the ring yeah announcer. But my friend said at the after party, he was like, bro, Bruce Buffer is wild. Like, you see him, you you just see him in the ring or the yeah. octagon, whatever. And you, like, he seems professional. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. He seems like a nice gentleman. I don't know. He sure, dresses yeah. nice. Yeah. He has a nice voice. He looks well, you know, maintained. Anyway, my friend said the dude's a fucking animal, like a party animal. He's wild. <laughs> he was like, yeah, he was walking around. He had girls on both arms. He was make out with one, make out with the other. He was snorting coke off freaking girls titties and that. it was dude i'm like okay maybe i should I mean, be a i wish i had a better yeah <laughs> time to go into a new uh profession yeah I'm like, <clears throat> I, I mean if you're if you're doing that right like i mean it seems like every other week the ufc is in vegas right so like there there's probably some pretty wild uh things that happen um that's yeah especially too yeah especially when like these fighters you know they train 12 to 16 weeks i mean they train year they train year round but when they when they get a fight yeah yeah. when they go into fight camp you're talking you know 12 14 16 week fight camp where you pretty much give up everything you know what i mean yeah so totally so then once that fight happens and it's over with Win, lose, or draw, you're like... Yeah, I was going to say, win or lose, to, it's let loose for let loose. the next 12 hours. Yeah, because you're like, well, I start back Monday, you know? Start back I am, I am, and this is going to be on par, I think, with every host or guest that you have. Uh, I truly am an old man at heart, uh, and if I'm up until midnight, like, I feel like I've accomplished something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... I high five my wife and I'm like, we've still got it. Um, <laughs> hey, night owl. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, geez, what are we? 22? Come on. <laughs> um, dude. Yeah. No, I, I, 
cannot uh, party all nights. It is just not, has nothing to do with uh, me being a pastor or anything. It's just, I have, I just don't have it. Uh, last year, last year, I, uh, so I work in a coffee shop and so I, I had to open. So I was like up uh, 4.45, right? This is the train that I catch uh, to go to my coffee shop. It was, it would be the night after the morning after Halloween. And I'm like at this stop and like these girls are getting on the train 4:45 from like their Halloween party. And I'm just like, how are you still up right now? Like <laughs> I, if I would have gone to a Halloween party, like I would have been in bed easily five hours ago. Um, it's all the Halloween yeah. candy, man. Dude, I know that and people, it's a thing. Apparently people party all the way through the nights and then they, when the sunlight comes, that's when the party is over. I'm never been that person. I'm just like, well, let's, you know, schedule, let's schedule the next party when <laughs> midnight rolls around. <laughs> Jesse's like Cinderella. Yeah. And Jesse really is like an old man. He I truly, <laughs> he, um, he still has a flip phone. Which is yeah part of the reason why he doesn't have social media because he has no way to check social media. Right. I actually, so this is, this is, uh, I think a different perspective. Um, so probably like six years ago, six and a half years ago, I, I had a smartphone, gave it up, stopped doing social media. Like as a comedian, I wanted to, you know, try and have a good social media account. Like right. I was pretty obsessed with, like Twitter, like crafting the perfect 140 character. Um, <laughs> even though I like don't have social media, when they up the character count, it like broke my heart a little bit. I'm like, no, like that limitation, like that helps you so much as a writer that you have to like craft the joke inside of yes. 140 characters. Like you're ruining it, even though I like don't have it anymore. But I was, like, I was what is pretty- this amateur hour? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was pretty obsessed though. Like, and it's not like I ever really had a good Twitter following or anything, but like I, I, I was focused on crafting like the perfect tweet. And then after that, I was like, always checking who liked it, who retweeted it. And that was like a big part of my like identity uh, yeah. and like finding value was in that. And so like just talking with my wife and stuff, like we, we decided that this is not, for me like this it's not a a healthy thing to have in my life and so we went the extreme with it you know with the the flip phone and everything and and legit I had like withdrawals for the first like two or three months like I like I had depression like uh latched to it like I would think of something that I'm like oh this is a tweet and then I'm like (laughs) I don't have twitter and then yeah. I would like be, I would be sad about it. You went through uh, withdrawals. Yeah, legit. Yeah, withdrawals. totally, totally. But now like one, people are like, how do you live life without a smartphone? Like, how do you, I had a guy ask me how I deposit my checks into the bank. Um, <laughs> and I said, I go well, I go to the bank. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that long ago that we... <laughs> like everything wasn't on a smartphone yeah right like and so like i go to the bank i have an interaction with a person 
Um, and I actually enjoy that. Like, yeah, it's, it can be an annoying errand sometimes like going to the bank, but like, I have that like little interaction with somebody. I like that. Yeah. I also don't have maps, right? I don't have GPS. And when I moved to Chicago two and a half years ago, it was a steep learning curve, man. Like new city. I didn't know where I was. Right. But it, it forced me to like know the city. Right. And so like, like I'm life, not, your life depends on it, Jesse. It's <laughs> like you better learn like, where to, which fucking neighborhood to stay out of and which ones are okay. To well, go dude, the one time I drove it's so Chicago, it's interesting because there is like a ton of different people who live here, like white, black, Mexican, Asian, whatever. Um, but it, it's still like a notoriously segregated city. Like there is white neighborhoods, black neighborhoods, like, and there was one time that I, it was early on, I recognized a street name and I was like, oh, I live like by that street. I can just like turn down that way. And I like went through this area and it, I felt like a shift in, um, I was just like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. Um, <laughs> like that's, I should keep driving. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I don't, but it like, I don't know it. I think that I am a more resourceful person without like the iPhone or whatever. And it's, I'm not, I'm not here to say that like social media is evil or like technology is evil. I think that that's really stupid. Uh, But I do think that I have taken a stance where like you can live without it. And I think a lot of people you know, especially during this season, like election season and stuff, most of my conversations are people lamenting about their Facebook page or somebody, a comment that somebody said, yeah, I'm like, you don't have to like follow that person. Like, I think that there has to be, I think people need to like pull back a little bit from it um, because it is like making them more depressed. Right. Or, or just even like the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning is, um like you know scroll through your facebook or or instagram or whatever it's like it you can be present and i think it's healthier uh to do that and so for me i like having an addictive personality and so i can't i don't think i can have like twitter or instagram and like do it healthily so i just have to like cut it cut it off dude i've seen a thing where they said um using social media or even a cell phone, I, I think is gives your body like the high of like a, gr- a gram of cocaine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a gram of cocaine a day. Dang. So, I mean, then I if just I give up my cocaine, but yeah, I was going to say, if I uh, give up my cell phone, <laughs> I'm going to have to at least do a gram of cocaine. To make I was going to say, that. you got to do one of them. Uh, <laughs> that's, I do think like it, I had a similar um, relationship with comedy. Um, I don't know if I ever talked to you about this. Is This might have actually been when you were in prison, but um, I, I stopped doing stand-up for like nine or 10 months or something like that. Because yeah. I like, it was all kind of during the same time that I was realizing that I was like trying to find my value and identity in comedy. Like, when I killed, when I did well, it was great, man. Like I had like that high, like, and there's, there's not a lot better than like killing on stage. And like, yeah. you, you really do like 
have like a release of endorphins and dopamine's pumping through. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. But like, so I, I would ride that as long as I could, but if I didn't do well, if I bombed, like I took a very personal, like, um, like I was depressed for that night. Like it, and so it was like a pretty, like I, I recognize a pretty unhealthy, like thing in my, in, in my life with comedy. So I stopped doing it for like, yeah, probably like 10 months or something like that. But I, I decided, I was like, you know what, I'm going to get back into this, uh, but I'm going to just try and do it with like a healthier uh, mentality. And so I actually remember praying. I, I had this goal um, that I was going to get one paid gig a month. Right. So like, I don't necessarily, uh, I'm not gunning to do stand up full time. I just like doing it. I like putting together shows, hanging out with friends and like writing and telling jokes. Yeah. Like it's just a fun hobby for me. Um, and so, but I was like, Let, I'm, I'm going to try and get one paid gig a month. And so I got it. And I, I remember driving to that show and I just like, I had this moment where I like prayed in my car and I'm not, I know that I'm a pastor, but I am not like a person who like stops and prays. Like I'm a pastor, but I'm maybe the least spiritual pastor you will ever meet. Um, that's, but I, but I had this moment and I was just like, God, like, I don't want this to like be what I find my value in, but I, I hope that the people that I'm like doing comedy to, like, I hope that they like find some like reprieve in life. Like I hope that they find some joy yeah. out of like the 20 minutes that I'm going to do. And if we can like all walk away from this, like then, you know, I, I developed like an opening like bit one time like for that specifically was you know like if i do well tonight like we're all gonna laugh we're all gonna have a good time (laughs) yeah and if i do terrible like you guys are gonna have to band together for the next 20 minutes and like get through this (laughs) um but like you'll come out the other side stronger right and you'll have like this war story uh, so either way, I'm doing you a favor. Yeah. Uh, build and that a was camaraderie like, inside the room. Yeah, here. right. You're like building this com- community as you're uh, <laughs> as you're getting through a terrible stand-up set. Um, <laughs> and so, like, that was like a huge shift for me, um, where I really started focusing outward, uh, realizing that I I just like doing comedy. Like, it is a fun process for me, um, but not needing to find my my value or worth in it. And almost this sounds pretentious but like uh it's a service that i get to give to people <laughs> right like i get to bless you with my comedy <laughs> at the end of every set you're just like you're welcome baby. And, and you're welcome and you're welcome um, have a good but night. if you could if you could have that in a humble mentality i think that that's what no, I, I, I know what you're I'm saying at. yeah definitely i know what you're saying yeah i i was complete opposite like I really, I really was up there for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally, totally up there for myself. I, I said, uh, I didn't really ever write. I had a hard time writing material. I mean, I could, you know, like we would have writing sessions and we would sit yeah. down, but I would never, you know, I would never do that on my own. Like, like yeah. other serious comedians would, because when I was up there, I would tell stories that i thought were funny or 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 just come up with jokes that were funny that i thought were funny to yeah. me that would make me laugh and i spent a lot of time on stage laughing at my own jokes which but it made me feel better you know what i mean 
Yeah, totally. I don't know. I I I, I was never um I think it out is, there it, to to make the whole crowd like I like being liked and I like making people laugh. Yeah. But I mean that's not why I'm on stage. I'm on stage because that's my outlet. Like it can be a therapeutic thing. Like definitely was. I I struggle with like I kind of struggle with like one on one intimacy. Um but like when it's a group like session for whatever reason it's easier for me to talk um which sounds like it would it, it sounds backwards like it shouldn't happen that way but like if i'm on stage and i'm just talking to a sea of faces like i can i can talk like i can tell you i can yeah. tell you anything and and i don't know why that is but like there's something like very therapeutic about like talking about those you know those things in your life um and then even after the show like i think you know i used to end my set with this story about me crapping my pants um and <laughs> <I remember>. uh, <laughs> um i and forgot all about that it's you know it it's has stayed in my set i'll still for for sure i'll still circle back to it but in you know, I just did it recently. I did this like 10 minute set at a marriage conference and uh, I ended my set with that. And I had like probably six or seven people after the show, like find me. And they're like, they're like, dude, that was hilarious. Number one, number two, I too struggle with irritable bowel syndrome. And like, I feel, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, cool. Like we have this like sense of camaraderie. Um, they, I don't know, you know, it's silly and stupid, but but connection good, is a connection, dude. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, absolutely. I used to do a bit about um having a small dick sometimes, but I've never <laughs> had anybody stop me in the bathroom and be like, I too also have a small hey. dick sometimes. <laughs> hey, listen, man. Um, <laughs> for one, that was really funny, two, yeah, a little hurtful because I too you just take it very suffer from. <laughs> baby dick syndrome (laughs) yeah you gotta listen to my stuff you'll know what we're talking about that's a that's a throwback for the ages dude yeah i listened to your uh what is it is it 45 minutes or 50 minutes from your freshman year yeah uh, oh my cd fresh 50 yeah yeah dude like i think i was texting you about it i think there's there's probably like three or four bits in there that i'm like this is actually like really solid stuff it was still funny, and, yeah yeah and i think just uh you know when i tell people about you i'm like anthony like connects with an audience like so well like i think that's one of the things that you're awesome at is like you connect with an audience so well and if you're if you're in the room like like you're engaged with you on the stage and so to be able to hear that and see that like your first year of comedy like that is that is awesome uh so you have like that natural um gift i think and then yeah if if you had you know those four or five like really solid bits um (laughs) like i yeah tighten them up if you will uh (laughs) no (laughs) um but uh yeah man i think it it's been cool it's been cool just to like I think grow as a comedian with you and just kind of like see the different things. Yeah. Heck yeah. Like, yeah. So I think you and I started essentially 
the same time. I think I was maybe you doing were, it a year you were, before. Yeah, you, you were you were rocking and rolling already when I when I first started. Um, yeah, you were in about a year, I would say, close to that. Yeah, but I like connecting with people on stage like that was something that I had to grow in like I I think I had like funny ideas or like whatever but actually like having a presence on stage was was something that I I definitely needed to grow into but so okay so now now that you're a pastor yeah do you feel like um like when you talk to groups of people, do you, does it feel the same as like if you're up there doing stand-up? Do you, like, a, like a set? I mean, do you have, do you, I mean, you know ahead of time what you're going to say? Like you have it all planned out, written out, timed and everything? Yeah, yeah. So actually, I t- like I tell uh, like my pastor friends and stuff like, like doing a sermon is pretty easy because I'll still like make jokes. Like I still like to like make jokes and interact with people um they, a lot of people think that it's like this pious uh work and it's just uh-huh. like well ultimately a lot of these pastors are entertainers um right and it it's a similar like feeling of like doing stand-up so i like to still do jokes and stuff um but if the jokes don't go well i'm just like all right cool turn into your bible to this um, <laughs> yeah but, yeah like, we are in church people keep it down yeah yeah like stand-up you cannot do you that right you, do that. you, if, you if either you have do. the jokes they're working or they're not working you don't you don't have the bible to fall back on too right <laughs> just whip that out now if you yeah. guys will uh, please turn to page you know um, yeah, dude, you should do that at church if your if your jokes fall flat then you could just be like thank you guys for keeping down the noise we are <laughs> we the are house of the in, lord yeah i think that actually well, let's um, keep respectful people thank you it's uh i do think that that kind of <laughs> for laughing on the inside <laughs> thank you for all <laughs> something a little different about me oh okay so rabbit trailing i did a um again not to toot my own horn but i did a comedy set for the granger uh like city council or something <laughs> yeah like award ceremony <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh there's probably like 50 or 60 like old white people i'm doing it's like spring forward is their like theme or whatever so the behind me is like these like flower hats and like it's it's an interesting uh room for sure um i did this whole nickelback thing they didn't get it um Uh, but I did like 20 minutes and I thought like, I'm dying up here. I'm, I'm getting like no laughs whatsoever. I brought up, I did this, the only like out loud laugh that I got was I wanted them to do uh, Jurassic Park themed public transit. Like they just have oh. like Jeeps, just have Jeeps with Jurassic <laughs> Park on it. And that's your public transit. And I asked, I was like, do you guys have public transit? And they all laughed at that, um, at the idea so for those of you who don't who don't know, Granger, Washington, is, <laughs> is a small rural town, um, population maybe five thousand, maybe, maybe, it's yeah, maybe through thirty five hundred people probably. <clears throat> and so yeah, and 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 for one, their theme of the city is like dinosaurs. They um, have dinosaurs. They have dinosaurs I, everywhere, like uh, sculptures of dinosaurs, giant. You know, to uh, it, to scale, I don't want to say to scale, but they're big. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're big. Dinosaurs. They're big dinosaurs. So anyway, 
um, after I did that, I was like, well, that was miserable. And then I had probably like, there's a whole bunch of people that came up to me and was like, that was so funny. Thank you so much for doing that. And I'm like, why weren't you laughing during the thing? Like, I would much prefer you yeah. laugh during the show than How to about tell you me. Thank me in real time. Yeah, it's just old white people that don't like their laugh is like, they just like kind of not, move their body up and down a little bit. Like, <laughs> yes, dear, that is funny, isn't it? It's, so, it's, about, it's all about the eye contact. Yeah, I do um, think that there is like a, a part of my personal mission is to like break some stereotypes in like church and because I, th- I think a lot of people grow up with this idea that like there has to be like this reverent like nature and like you can't have fun or whatever and I I just don't think that that actually lines up with like what I read in the Bible like one of my one of my favorite ideas is to like think about Jesus as a human um because like theologically speaking the bible says that like jesus is both fully god and fully man and oftentimes we we only talk about the fully god part but i'm like jesus was fully man like he had bowel movements he like laughed with like his 12 best friends right like there's yeah we have these like scriptures where he's like talking about like miracles and stuff but like you don't think like Jesus like wanted to have a good time? Like the the first <laughs> like it's the first you miracle. Jesus, you do not think he wanted to party once in a while. Right, he turned exactly. water to so, wine. Of course the guy could party. So okay, so with that being said, a like a standard wedding back then, like the party would last like two weeks long. Yeah. Right? So it was like a legit party. Again, me, I'm out by like nine PM. <laughs> I'm like, guys, it's time to wrap this up. Like Yeah. I but at that party, they had an open bar and, uh, and the wine ran out, okay, because they're partying so hard. And typically, you save the crappy wine for the end when people are too loaded to know if it's good or bad wine, right? Right. And so when Jesus turns water into wine, he turns it into like this awesome like wine. I don't know. They don't like mention it, but I think it's like a cab. Um uh, or something i don't know what's another fancy wine <laughs> yeah, we can yeah, yeah. it's a nice cabernet uh nice cabernet it was it was aged to perfection it's a right exactly uh he turns the water <laughs> what year did he turns, say it was like this is a <laughs> 17 this is a vintage uh 36 bc <laughs> <laughs> he like smells the cork um <laughs> so but looking like, at the label like what we have a printing label <laughs> But uh, but he turns this water into wine, and it's like this amazing wine. And so even when people are like loaded, he still gives them like this awesome wine. And so I'm like, okay, well that like kind of gives us a little insight into like Jesus. And so is it really a bad thing? Spares no expense. Right, he spares no expense. Back back to Jurassic Park. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Really, spare no expense. Speaking Um, of BC. back to dinosaurs um but it's just like yeah i want to laugh in church like i specifically write jokes in because i want like i want people to laugh in church i want people to have a good time and i think that i think that god like also wants that like i think i think he probably 
like is saddened by the idea that like people always have to be serious and like I don't know, man. It just doesn't line up with me. It doesn't compute with me. So I don't, yeah. I don't want people to think that's what church is, right? Like, or this idea that like you can't drink or you can't like, my wife and I, we go out and we have drinks. Like it's, no, I didn't drink for a little bit, but I think as I continue to grow in my understanding of like who God is and, and stuff, I was just like, it's, I'm not going to hell. Like if I have a nice whiskey sour, which I've been making recently yeah. at my home and they're <clears throat> delicious. Um, you would think egg white is bad, but uh, it helps. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> my friend, he's uh, from Chicago. I love like a good craft beer and uh, Chicago has, they're trying to have a good craft beer scene, um, but it's nowhere near like Northwest and, I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, I'm from Yakima. Maybe you've heard of it. 77% of America's hops are grown there. They don't care. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So, but he was just like, uh, what's his, he says his favorite thing um, or his favorite observation about me is that I uh, have beliefs like a conservative, but I drink like a liberal um, with my, with my artsy beer. Yeah. So, but I, like, yeah, man, that. I'll take that compliment. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I don't know. I think like, I think a lot of people, they have this idea that like, if you step out of line or if you do something wrong, like God is like looking to smite you. Um, and I just don't, I just don't think that that is the case. Like, I think that when we were created in God's image, right, we are humans. And so the things that humans get to experience um, like the joys that 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 come along with that, like the emotions that come along with that, like I think it plays into like what God wants us to experience. And I don't think the Bible is just like this rule book. I think there's different things in there that it would suggest you not to do. Like, but that's not because you know He is trying to kill the fun or whatever. It's like you shouldn't murder because that's not good. Like that's like it's not going to go well for you. It's not going to go well for like, you shouldn't commit adultery because like, not because he doesn't want you to get laid. Like, but you just shouldn't mess around with like it. There's just no solid end game in adultery. Right. And I know I'm like, I'm oversimplifying it, but, um, but I think that that is a, a big thing that people like don't look to the church anymore for like to have like a spiritual life because they're afraid of it impeding like the other um, parts of their lives. But I really mm. think like, I think that the Bible relationship with God, like I think it, it enhances your life and like you can still go out and drink. And like, if you want to smoke pot, you can, you can smoke pot. Like I'm not, I'm not coming against you. Um, you know, if you, I think that there are things that can be dangerous. Like I said, like with social media for me, right? Like I have to, I have to cut it out. Right. Or right. I've been dabbling in um, sports gambling recently. Um, <laughs> draft, draft Kings. Yeah. I heard that. But like uh, it's, I, I do like very limited. Right. Like, but if it like got out of hand, right. I would have to like, it's not that the act of gambling is bad. Like 
blackjack is an insane amount of fun. You want to experience, actually, you want to experience solid community, like a great time with people. Go yeah. to the craps table. Oh yeah, the cra- the craps table is awesome. Like I absolutely love <laughs> going to legend, and like I don't go uh that much but like when i did go to legends like people would be like hey tom like well like <laughs> they know each other it's your, yeah right it's your turn to shoot the dice like um like i love that that's amazing now and they're like yeah jesse's gambling, up he's a good shooter <laughs> if you're gambling to the point where you can't pay rent or you're not taking care of your kids anymore like you should maybe you shouldn't gamble maybe that's right. like not the thing that you should do right so i don't know man i'm could have possibly just rambled for 15 minutes. No, but. it's good, man. It's good to, to show like um, that you can have, you can still live your life and still, you know, be committed to, to your religion. It's not like you said, it's not like um, you're, you don't feel like you're going to go to hell because you had a couple drinks. Like, yeah, totally. The, thing, the Bible, you, there's loopholes, buddy. You can, <laughs> you, you, you just have to, this is how I start my mornings. Okay. And I'll start out by saying this. I'm all, I've always been like a real gray area when it comes to religion. Sure. <clears throat> you know, like I, I want, I want to believe in God. I definitely know there's a higher power. There's a, you know what I mean? Sure. There's something. And I want it. I want to believe in God. Cause that's what I was taught, you know, growing up, but just honestly, things happen or my perspective I'm like, man, maybe there's not, you know what I mean? Maybe there's not. A yeah. And, but maybe there's something else, but even, even though I might have doubts, I still use the loophole where I still pray <laughs> to God every morning. Uh, well, I yeah. say, I say, God, it's me again. And, uh, just wanted to say that, uh, I do accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior. And also please forgive me for my sins because I don't yeah. know, dude, I, I don't, I, maybe i'm gonna walk out my front door and get hit by a fucking dinosaur jeep yeah in granger and And that's they really take him yeah yeah and i need to be clear of my sins because the i could be wrong obviously i mean i've been wrong in the past so i still i I still i I still fucking pray now i think again like so one i think i think that that we'll we'll just say this and this maybe is a, a different conversation i I don't exactly know where I stand on heaven and hell and all of that right now, because fun fact, the Bible doesn't actually talk about hell a whole lot, right? Right. We have like revelation, uh, which is a crazy story. uh, And you can actually draw a whole lot of parallels to like the guy who wrote it. He's writing it as like an allegory to the current church of how like Rome is oppressing the church. So like the number like six, 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 right. The mark of the devil. Um, that's just actually how they um, re- wrote in code to identify uh, emperor Nero, who was uh-huh. like persecuting the church. Right. So when he says the mark of the beast and the mark of the beast shall be six, 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 he's saying like, yo, look out for this guy who's trying to kill you for your beliefs. But like modern Christians were like, well, the rapture is going to come and the antichrist is going to try and like tattoo six, six, six on all of our foreheads. And you're like, I don't think that's supposed to be literal. Uh, Yeah. So even today, that's a big thing with people that are anti, you know what I mean? Like they'll, they love to pick apart 
pieces, bits and pieces from the Bible, take things out of context because yeah. and, 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 and take them literally. And it's like, it's not meant to be taken literally. Uh, like you said, it's more like a guide, like a, you know, just to yeah. teach these basic ways of living life and loving people. And like, just to be a good, a good person, basically. Yeah. Now I do think, I do think for me, like I, I do think that Jesus plays like a big part in, in all of this. Um, and so from that perspective, I, I start looking at the person of Jesus and like old school, right? WWJD, what would Jesus do? <laughs> um, you can like do that, right? Like you, but also there, this belief that like, if Jesus is like living in you, right? Like, or the Holy Spirit is living in you or whatever, like you get to rely on Jesus. So I guess how most people understand it, right. Is that like, because Jesus lived a perfect life and then died on the cross, like that fills the gap between, you know, me and God, me, I sin, I mess up, but because of Jesus, I can have a relationship with God. That's like the most basic. And I believe that, um, to an extent. Um, but also just like, looking at every aspect of Jesus's life, like he went through everything that we also go through. Like there's a story, his friend Lazarus dies, right? And Jesus wept. And so he's like going through sadness. He knows what it's like to lose his friend. He knows what it's like to, you know, um, to like have to, to work for money. And when he's on the cross, um, there's like the famous like line is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it's this, this moment of like doubt of like, why did I have to do this? Why did I have to? And so I like look at all of these stories and I'm like, Jesus, who is fully God, fully me, and like is going through these struggles. So like when I hear somebody like you be like, I don't know, like if there's a God, I don't know like what that looks like. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense because one, it's kind of a crazy concept, but two, like Jesus, who, if he is who he says he is, fully God, fully man, also struggled with like doubt and believing in God. Um, so <clears throat> he's like, that's my dad, but I'm not sure really if I believe I'm not 100% <laughs> sure, right? Like it's so, yeah, like I, I think that people are afraid or scared to like doubt or to struggle. And it's just like, that's okay. Like totally you can struggle and doubt and ask questions and, you know, yeah, I think like that's all a part of it. Like that's all. Here's the other thing is like, you see um, so much stuff gets put like, um, scandal like church scandal you know what i mean yeah so you people see this church scandal. i mean not not just like catholic church but i'm talking about like these these mega churches these mega churches that just have so much money and and then you see where uh you know when shit really hits the fan yeah uh, they don't help the people like they say they're gonna help i mean it just seems like a scam you know what i mean seriously like a fucking scam and how it happens locally happens on national level it happens i mean it just there's scam artists everywhere and there always have been and there always will be so it's hard to take it to to want to commit fully to something that you know it's like mm. yeah because people at the very top of this you know still don't follow you know what I mean they don't yeah, follow like totally. they, like they preach 
and they 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 commit crimes. They they I mean, yeah. So then it's easy to say, um, like, well, like uh, we'll say, the the Catholic Church, right? With with like all the molestation, yeah, absolutely, and all the stuff that comes. So that's like the main thing that people are like. How is the church covering this up? And you're supposed to be, you know, yeah, but you don't protect the people. So it's hard for me because stuff like that. Now, that's I'm, I'm saying that's more current. But as far as like, uh, so I'm I'm half Native American, right? Okay. So it's also hard for me to want to give in to Christianity because when when um, people came colonizers or whatever came to yeah came here, bastards. You know, like and they oppressed native americans you know what i mean and, yeah and they, they they pretty much um you know punished them for for believe they weren't allowed to speak their native language they weren't allowed to have their own religious yeah. beliefs like they forced it on upon them you know what i mean and whether they thought they were doing the right thing or not like that totally went against what they were trying to teach in the first place right yeah right so so deep down like i have a bitterness towards it like i sure like i said i still want to believe like i want to believe yeah. god is good but that's just my nature like i want to believe there's something good there's something powerful there's something yeah. on the other on the other end of the fucking tunnel you know what i mean there's light at the tunnel yeah. there's I a little bit of comfort in that right like yeah despite, there's comfort in that despite you know the garbage that we go through here on earth like there's something beyond that you know is is out there i would say one like totally totally uh get all of those thoughts and emotions and like i like with the church leaders and stuff like i have my own frustration with that um i think one one thing that i have learned um is that like in the last 10 years especially like people suck um people suck like people suck and it does not uh you would hope that like the spiritual leaders like um would not do terrible things right um and that they would not uh govern their church out of fear i think that's a big thing out of the um the catholic church is that uh um one i think that they put their priests in un like unrealistic uh expectations with like right not being able to marry and like it, it, it I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of really cool things about the Catholic church. Um, that I think is not one of them. Uh, and then they hear these things and there's like this fear that like, Oh, if this gets out that uh, you know, priests are molesting like boys, like then like the Catholic church is going to go under and, and you start, you start governing out of fear rather than governing out of faith. Right. That like, even though these terrible things happen, like, God is going to see us through it. And like, we can also believe that like the, the boys who went through that, like they are going to hopefully be able to receive healing, um, like spiritually and, and, and mentally and all of that. And then also like the piece of garbage priests that like did that, like they also will find like redemption and, right. and forgiveness. Um, but when you govern out of fear and it is, broken not on your own like terms right it looks a whole lot worse um not well that sounds terrible it is terrible um in general but like it looks really really bad like you're trying to protect you're right. trying to protect these guys right like 
And That's it's like how it comes care. off as. Absolutely, and and honestly, it is it is that a little bit. They're trying to was they were trying to protect them. Um, you hope that those things don't happen, but I think like, and maybe I'm a little bit cynical, but I just in the last anytime I hear of like somebody like in this whole like me too movement i know that it's not like spiritual leaders a lot but they're like oh my god can you believe this person did this and i'm like well yeah because people suck and i wish that they didn't do that and i am sad that they did do that but like yeah if you're gonna tell me that a, another human did something crappy to a, another human totally gonna I, believe that yeah i believe it you're like yeah for their so, own yeah Right. Like I, and so the hope is, is that we stop that or like even in what I hope is that Christians like will be on the front, like the front lines for change. And I was just listening to, I just listened to a book called Uncle Tom's Cabin, which is like a classic, uh, it's like 1860 something or whatever. Yeah. But it's, like this woman, uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe is calling out like slave owners and it's just like, this is not okay. Cause you had a whole bunch of like Christians who were slave owners and it's just right. like, can't, can't you see how the Bible like does not say that this is okay? Like how can you be treating these people with like less dignity and less respect? And like, if, if you're saying that you're personifying the love of God and owning slaves like that, it it's hypocritical. Doesn't, com- doesn't compute, right? And so, right. I, and I, I read that and I'm like, okay, like back then, like when it was the social norm to own slaves, like I think she's a Christian lady who is like calling out her fellow Christians on this. I'm like, that's what I want to see. That, that type of stuff is what I want to see um, today, right? Like when we see social injustices of, you know, like police violence and stuff, like I don't want, conservative christians to be like well the police you know like I'm yeah like, and it's the you norm. Can, it's the social norm because they made it the norm like they they right right totally right think that it's okay and they they justify it like and it's easy it is easy regardless of what walk of life you are in it's easy to change the narrative to benefit you right absolutely. like it's and it is uncomfortable um to to look at it where you're on the wrong side of things, which is one of the things that I actually enjoy about the Bible, especially in the old Testament. It, it chronologically tells you the story of the Jewish people. And one of the things I think is a mistake is we read it and we're like, well, they go and they like, you know, wipe out a city or whatever. And they're like, well, God, these are God's people. So I think they wanted that God wanted them to wipe out the Canaanites. I'm like, do you really think that like God wanted them to kill every woman and child? Like, how does that, how does that compute? Like, did it happen? Like, I think that it probably happened. Um, but do, don't you think there was maybe like a, a, a misunderstanding between them and God in that moment? Like then that doesn't compute to me. Right. And so, so at chronological, even they're like non awesome moments, right. It's just like, Hey, we, are people who like believe in God. We, but we like go against God. We do all this. Um, and it, yeah, it's telling you even, even the unfortunate parts of the story. Um, 
And I, I want that. And I want like me as a white person, I want to say like, these are the unfortunate parts of my story, but like, what am I doing to like change the narrative or to like work the narrative to where everybody feels at peace or everybody feels uh, comforted and loved? Like, like I think that they should. Um, yeah. Can, can I shift gears actually now that we're on the race talk? Yeah, go for it. Um, so you are half Native American, half Hispanic, right? Yeah. Um, two things. One, there is at the uh, Field Museum here in Chicago, they have like a Native American, uh, like whatever, whatever it's called. Um, boy, <laughs> why, have I, why have I forgotten my words? Uh, a set, not a setting, um, enclosure. Um, you, you get it. It's, it's a Native American section like, in like the exhibit? museum. Exhibit. Thank you. Oh my God. Uh, so, but they have a Yakima uh, Native American represented. I'm like, what up, Yakima? Does he look um, like me? Do I look does. like him? Yeah. Like I know it's that so guy. Weird. It's <laughs> it's a modern Yakima Native American. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just. He's like signing the non-tax thing at Subway. Yeah. Sitting there with his enrollment card. Yeah. <laughs> um no but i'm like oh that's cool like i feel like you know the yakima tribe is like this small sect um and i like that it is represented um you as a native american how do you feel personally about like the cleveland indians washington redskins you know they're changing it's a big thing right now they're changing washington redskins <clears throat> i'm all for it dude i was i'm a big supporter of that um, I thought the the for one the term redskin is super offensive, right? Sure, it's super offensive, man. And, that was and, the one. That was the one that I was like, I'm pretty surprised that it took that this it lasted long. so long. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. Um, here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand, right? So obviously that one's obvious, right? Redskin. That term was was a <laughs> yeah. It's, it's as racial as it can get, and that was yeah. that was from back when even uh the government offered bounties for tribal for, for killing native Americans. And they would say, we'll pay you uh, however many dollars per red skin you bring in. Right. These yeah. Were bounties that were paid by our government. So that's what Indians were looked at the red for their red skin. Right. Cause they were, that's how you collected money from them. So yeah. on them, you kill an Indian and turn in this fucking skin. Now, a lot of people made the point as um, like, the the logo right the logo is cool the logo looks nice i mean it's it's, yeah. it's respectful it was drawn up by a native american man who submitted it and and you know he got paid to to do it right yeah and that's a lot that's a people make that argument like it was it's honoring another native american chief now that's cool and all but the thing is when you make it something a mascot right like when that's the mascot now you have people that are fans right that commit like and they don't mean to be offensive Sure. They're, they're just fans of the team, but it's offensive when I'm, I'm not saying you particularly, but I'm just saying like no, you and your buddies dress up in war paint or regalia that yeah. I, that, that is ceremonial to me that, that, that has true meaning to me in my way of life. Yeah. And now you're wearing it as a costume and coming in and you're making these fake chants and you're, you're making this fake war paint that 
you know, in our culture, you don't, you don't, you're not allowed, not everyone's allowed to wear face paint. Like you have to earn these things. You know what I mean? These yeah. Are, gotcha. Yeah. But people take this stuff for granted and they, you know, you're getting drunk, you're being belligerent, you're being loud. And it, it really mocks our entire culture. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, 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 the name was bad. The logo looks nice and it was, it was well meant. I'm sure when the artist, yeah. it, you know, it wasn't disrespectful, but <clears throat> what comes along with that is completely disrespectful. So I'm, I'm totally for changing those mascots and even like the Cleveland Indians. Um, I mean, you don't even call people Indians anymore. You know what I mean? We're, we're <laughs> right, Native right. Americans, like, yeah. You know, the, the Chief Oahu logo was super, you know. Um, yeah, it's a caricature. It was right? it's a caricature. Yeah. yeah. It's like, so, was this the Looney Tunes in the 1930s? Exactly, right? It's yeah. It's almost like the, the black face of the, the, the 20s and 30s and 40s. Yeah. And, uh, but on the Native Americans, so. Now, I uh, feel yeah. like, so, I think that, it you know, it is timely, right, that, things are, are changed. I think the Cleveland is an interesting one because I don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but like Cleveland is, they're actually, you know, Cleveland Indians for um, the first uh, native American professional baseball player played for Cleveland. Right. And, uh, and so that's like, but it's like, okay, that's awesome. Like you're, you're trying to honor Right. And I think baseball does specifically baseball does a, a great job, right. With Jackie Robinson and, and trying to like bring racial equality and stuff. It's like, well, what is, what can we do to take like the good out of that and then like make it not offensive, right? Like, okay, you've taken away the character. That's a great start. Um, but like, can we, can we change the name one more time and still make it like not offensive? Um right you know, but still, still bring honor because I don't think like back in, you know, in 1893 or whatever, when they started as a team, uh, it, it was like a common name, right. That, and I, I guess I could be wrong in this, but it wasn't, even though it was inaccurate, it wasn't necessarily meant to be malicious. If that makes sense. So here's the, or I could be way off base. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's almost like like an inside joke type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these motherfuckers know <laughs> Redskins. You know what I mean? Back then, Indians didn't know they were being called Redskins. They had no understanding of that fucking term. Like they right, you know, right. And and um, they were just like, well, that's what the white man calls us because we're the red man. Right. You're the white, and that's just kind of how the language went. But that wasn't our term. You know what I mean? That totally. That, that term was coined by those people and and it was definitely derogatory then what do you mean those people yeah no, you kidding. people you people <laughs> just kidding no yeah no. yeah so so it was definitely derogatory and, and and like i said um got you it's more like an inside joke and yeah they, they just kind of carried on and, and natives didn't really pay much attention to it until you know when you start getting more educated and you look into it and you see these things and you're like wow these motherfuckers are calling us you know. Now, is that so? Like, I see a lot of people like on, um, like on tribal land and stuff. They have like Cleveland Indian hats on. Um, is that like similar to like they're like taking power away from it? Are they like no? It's like the, continuing uh, the inside joke. So I see people. Uh, well, here's the thing: like when I see Native Americans, they 
I don't know. I I don't want to be judgmental, but I feel like they're just uneducated because you'll see sure. them, and and um, they'll have like custom beadwork, and it'll be a giant chief Oahu because they're like, I'm an Indians fan because I'm an Indian. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> right. man, dude, they're making fun of us. What are you talking about? Like that. <laughs> like, we don't look like that. You know what I mean? You yeah. Know? Yeah. But they they embrace it rather than you know they should. Instead of understanding like what that shit means, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. They embrace, and I'm like, dude, we're not mascots, basically. You know what I'm saying? Like we're yeah. actual real living, breathing fucking people. Like So now with that so like would that be even like Kansas City Chiefs, Atlanta Braves, would that be all in the that, same category? Even yeah, though absolutely. they're not maybe like those are definitely not offensive, right? Those are that the that Blackhawks, right? That that's that's oh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. name chiefs and actually too like chief that i mean native americans that's never even called their leaders chiefs you know what i mean i was gonna say that i was guess a, uh, having a chief of a something that's not uh it's not only a native american thing or not even an american native yeah american it wasn't thing. it wasn't yeah that was yeah. a coin that that was a that wasn't our word you know what i mean we never called yeah. anybody chief anyway uh so that that's something that was Put, put on us anyway that doesn't that doesn't that's not derogatory right the chiefs and the arrowhead logo and and everything yeah but like i said it, it's all a package deal so even though you have that and you're trying to be respectful and you have a cool thing you, you're it's a fucking sports team so you're gonna have belligerent fucking yeah. fans and when they come and they're dressed up and they're acting yeah pretending to be in there they're doing their fake war dances and their their chants and their you know songs whatever their chopping movement oh like that that shit oh offensive. yeah so, gotcha. so yeah. in order to get rid of that, you have to get rid of the name. You have yeah, to, you have you to, have to like change a clean slate. Yeah, you have to. You have to yeah. come up with something else. And the, like I'm saying, the name Chiefs or Blackhawks, those are legit fucking names. But the well, your image that you're the, yeah that you're putting out there is that's what's offensive. I have to. It's an interesting thing. Like I think socially, what is happening right now is, and I, I think that this has to take place. Like with like social justice and the me too movement and the the pendulum swings so far the to the other side right you're like well these are the problems and then the reaction happens and the pendulum swings really far and you're like i think this maybe is going a little too far but it has to swing over and then you start to bring it back to center a little bit um so like like you said Braves, Chiefs, maybe that's not an offensive, but like let's swing the pendulum all the way over and then we can start bringing it back to like center a little bit more where like we're doing things that honor cultures, right? Like one one thing I, I don't really like is like the cultural appropriation. Like I think that the pendulum has swung too much to one side for cultural appropriation uh, because a lot of the things that I do you know, and you take it like almost not you, but like people will take it almost too far with like, no, I actually just really like certain things about culture. And I'm not like trying to like, I'm actually trying to do this to honor, right. Like a culture, because I think that it is cool. Like, I think it's legit. Um, I think, see here, I almost got sidetracked, but I trying to hold thoughts together. I'm a, I'm a very uh, scattered scattered person and even while i'm explaining this i've lost my train of thought um so it was something really good cultural appropriation swinging too far 
frick. I don't no, know. no, that's okay. That's easy to do too because, <clears throat> and this is the this is the other weird thing. So I just had this conversation with another friend a while ago, and um, she was talking about um, Native American culture. She's not Native American, by the way. Talking about Native American culture and how she wished everything was just more like that because the world was a better place. Like, you know, it's that, yeah, that sure. type of thing. You know, like, I, mm-hmm. and, and then I was like, look, I mean, I'm Native American. I, I practice culture and I, there's a lot of traditions that we still practice today. Um, but I mean, it, it doesn't mean it's perfect. You know what I mean? There's still, like you said, people in general are, are yeah. assholes. Like, you know, there's, there's, it's not like, um, it's not like before settlers came to the, to, to the United States, I mean, to this land, whatever you want to call it. Right. Like motherfucking Indians were, were warring with each other. They were murdering and raping and kill- and they were taking slaves, right. you know, before, way before any settlers came or colonizers came, like they were doing a lot of bad shit to themselves even back yeah. then. You know what I mean? So it's not like it was all fucking peace and rainbows and, yeah. you know, these people are bad in general. So it's, I think it's good. And here's the other thing, dude. Like you said, a cultural appropriation. Um, you Native Americans, they try to teach. They do try to teach, you know, love and helping out your people. Yeah. Put, putting others first. You know what I mean? Like you want to take care of your elders and you want to teach the young people. Right. And you want to be providers. Like men are providers. And. Um, but here's the thing, like that should go for everybody not just yeah. native americans so, so right. you'll see a lot of native americans won't share um they're secretive you know what i mean they won't share that yeah. kind of stuff with outsiders or non non-members or non-natives you know what i mean yeah and in fact they even people that are like like if you were to come and you were to say well you know my grandma i i'm part native american my grandma had a little bit and i have a little you know like that type of thing i'm not enrolled. 16th yeah that's me see you'll be shunned people are like even yeah. worse you know what i mean it's like <laughs> right it's like um if you really believed in in your ways and these teachings i mean you shouldn't be so worried uh, they call them culture vultures you know what i mean yeah and you shouldn't be so worried about that you should just be worried about getting your message across and tra- trying to change someone's yeah. life type of thing i was gonna yeah. say in my like in my thought process like one kind of like um uh, and i'm not like super um educated in it but i think that there's a lot of like native american like traditions and like how it's especially when it comes to like viewing the earth and like your home and stuff like i think that there's a lot of like great holistic uh mentality and like philosophies inside of that and i i would think that instead of like keeping it close to the chest that you would like want to like let people also be in that right like i mean i i I get i get the like point of pride of like i'm like this is our culture this is like what we have grown up like valuing but i yeah me personally i whenever i i value something like i want somebody else to experience, to experience it, it as well so, so that's the thing that that's this is like part of the gray area that i struggle with because i'm the same way like i would love to man when i experience something and and it just fucking opens my eyes and i'm like man you have to do this like you have to experience this yeah um, but at the same time i mean these beliefs like i said man they we were not that long ago we're being punished for it. We weren't even allowed to legally practice these beliefs. You know what I mean? We, yeah. had to, we had to fight to keep these beliefs. So now that we have them, it's like, 
these are ours. So we ain't sharing them with anybody. You motherfuckers right. didn't even let us do this before. I mean, you you were jailing, the, you know, incarcerating yeah. us for these type of things or cutting our hair. You were, we couldn't even speak. Like I said, we couldn't speak our language. We, um, so then it's like a double-sided coin. Like I want to share, but yeah. then at the other time it was like, man, you know what? We, we fought for this when you guys didn't, weren't allowing this. So this is ours. Yeah. This is what we've had. This is what held us down for thousands of years, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure uh, when, when, when people first came, I mean, they probably did try to share some of these beliefs. I mean, not everybody, like I said, a lot, a lot of tribes were warring nations back then too, that yeah, didn't ask any questions. They just was shoot first. You know what I mean? Type of thing. But right. Yeah. As a side note, I think that there's a church in Yakima right now that like, um, like preserving language and culture is like a big part of their mission. And, um, I can't remember the exact number, but like the Yakima nation uh, or the Yakima like language um, is like endangered right now. Like it's on, it's it's on the verge of um, like extinction, right? Like if whatever, like probably your grandparents or whatever, like as soon as that generation is gone, it's like, will the language be able to continue on? Right. Right. And so like, yeah, same thing. My, my grandparents, I mean, spoke fluent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and then my mom speaks some, but not fluent. Yeah. And then right. there's me who knows a couple of words, but can't right. really put phrases together, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's definitely being lost, but the tribe does um, offer language. Pro- it's starting to come back. You know what I mean? They offer yeah. language programs. They teach it in our, in our, um, we have a tribal school where, um, in the Head Start, they teach the kids. Um, it's awesome. These these words, even in the high school level, they they have classes. They have they go to comp, they have language competitions here on the reservation. Um, the college uh, Heritage University offers yeah um, a course a course in in the Sahaptan language. Um, oh, that's awesome. They do online stuff. Actually, What's it? Say the language. Sahaptan. Sahaptan. Sahaptan is the Yakima language. Yakima Nation okay, language. Cool. Um, also, the Yakima Nation just released a new app um, that you can download, and, and it uh, teaches you words, phrases, basic sentences, counting, stuff like that. That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So they're definitely, it's definitely a problem that we're losing the language, but they're starting to take steps towards yeah. it. You know, I the reason I brought it up is because <clears throat> my friends used to be a part of a, a church there that like. they're like starting like they value like people's language and culture um and so like they're like trying to work with the yakima nation and like preserving that language like wanting it to to go on and they like send when they like send a missionary to like specifically to mexico there's like a there's a whole bunch of little villages and stuff that like speak their own language it's like yeah it's it's really like actually similar right where it's like you have the yakima valley um and then you have this little pocket you know in in the native american or the reservation that speaks you know obviously it's not the exact same but uh in mexico it's you know they have these little pockets where it's this is all that they like speak they don't even speak like the broader uh, i almost said mexican uh they don't speak the broader mexican language also known as spanish um and uh but the goal is to like interact with these villages um and they 
like create, um, they help like create a written language for the village. Um, and, right. and then, so then that way they can like continue on like that. Yeah. These small villages won't like die out. Like the language won't die out and they, um, translate like the Bible and stuff into their own language. Um, right. cause I think that it's, you know, me, I think that I, you know, I think the Bible is, um, like a powerful book that like has a lot of awesome stuff in it. Uh, but they want people to be able to relate to it in their own language. So it's cool to see a shift compared to what you were talking about when missionaries first came over to North America. Right. And they're like forcing, like you have to do it this way. You have to do it. Like you have to read it in English, which is ridiculous. Um, it's a ridiculous concept. Uh, but they're like, yeah, let's, let's honor and support like, these cultures um so have you have you always like have you tried anything outside of the bible like as far as spiritual as far as your own journey like your own have you just strictly been the bible and stick i mean i i'm yeah yeah. so um i think that that i think that there's a lot of things i haven't like done anything that is would maybe be like quote-unquote outside of the Bible. Um, like I haven't tried, um, like I haven't tried Muslim or like Judaism or anything like that. Um, but I, I do, I think that there are things that I notice from other like philosophies and, um, and then I, instead of being like, well, that's not how I do it. I actually, I think that there's a lot of good in other, um, in other things. Like for instance, um, there's a lot of like conservative Christians that are like yoga is like evil. Right. Right. And because of this, like it has a spiritual connotation to it. Yeah. Um, connection to Buddhism type. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, well, actually, uh, yoga is awesome. Um, (laughs) yoga, like, I really enjoy stretching um, and it is very healthy for you to like stretch and to move your body. And that's not an evil thing, actually. That's actually really beneficial. Um, And then the meditation, like at the end, like I think like when you meditate, um, like it puts you in a better place to like have a spiritual relationship. And so I think, um, I think that there are a lot of things out there that the Bible actually supports without necessarily like, you know, you don't like turn to Matthew three verse 13. And it's like, and Jesus said, do yoga. Um, it's, <laughs> right. it's like, that's not the case, but Get your maybe, stretch on, right. You can like, you can match certain things like um, in your first, um, in your first podcast like with brandon um you're talking about like acid and stuff and it was like it gets you to this point of like enlightenment and i i think that there's like a lot of truth to that like i don't necessarily want to take like chemicals from uh like i i don't want to mess with my brain that much and even when i drink like i don't drink that much just because i'm just personally i don't well, I don't even really like it. Like a, a month ago I had like four drinks in a night and I like kind of woke up with a headache the next morning. And I was like, Nope, I don't like this. This yeah. is stupid. <laughs> Why would I right. ever do this again? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but uh but I, I'm like I I see the benefit of like if you like drop acid and it takes away all of like your stupid inhibitions that like the being inhibitions that are gone. does, right? Right. And then and then I think that people have genuine uh like experiences and I think even um like in in the Native American like world right with like um they have these spiritual uh journeys and i'm you're gonna have to fill in some blanks for me um but like you smoke peyote and uh then there's like uh spiritual visions right well you drink you drink it yeah you or drink it they'll make like a tea okay sweet yeah and it'll it'll put you in these you know you'll uh i mean it's like psychedelic yeah, you yeah, totally. It, it, it's a little bit of the same concept, but it, yeah. it helps you. A lot of people will come out like more connected uh, or like have like spiritual visions and stuff. Like I am not opposed to that like type of stuff at all. I don't think that that is necessarily, I don't, I wouldn't classify it as evil. Um, I, the thing that would be like concerning would be if, if you never wanted to like leave that psychedelic state, like I think, Oh yeah. I think for me as like a Christian, like I I want to continue to get to this place and to like steal a term from like Buddhism, like enlightenment. Um, I would like, I I want to take that, that journey naturally per se and -hmm. like get to a place where I, I have um, spiritual revelation, spiritual encounters uh, without like, I, I, I want to clear all that stuff, the stupid stuff out of my mind uh, for realsies. Um, and it, it's a, it's just a long journey, but I think, yeah, I, I, I think you can do certain things that they kind of help bypass it for a moment. So do you, um, maybe not drop acid, maybe, maybe, yeah. but sure. I mean, I think, I mean, I would never tell everybody like you need to try acid, you know? Um, yeah. But definitely, if if you're on a spiritual journey, man, if, if if like you said, maybe towards enlightenment, or even just to try to be closer to God, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Though any type of psychedelic will definitely tear down those barriers that hold you back. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. like I said, man, even myself, I have a gray area where it's like I don't, I'm not sure. You know what I yeah. mean? But like I said, but when you're under that, when you're under, you know, under psychedelics, or whatever, like those are gone, man. You just yeah. Fucking, you just ride it out and, and you do have these crazy experiences. Not every single time, you know, yeah. sometimes it's, it's just fun. And sometimes it's not fun. Like sometimes it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you think about maybe, maybe stuff that you have da- deep down, like pain wise yeah. that comes out, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's totally. not fun, but it's definitely healthy. Like it's good for you. Get it out. You have a good cry. Woo. Yeah, you like come out of it. You feel amazing, yeah. man. You feel yeah. fucking awesome. But absolutely. But I think, man, like um, mushrooms, dude. Would you ever try mushrooms? Would you ever take shrooms? That's um, nat- that's a natural. So here's the thing, dude. When they talk about, I, I remember having this conversation with somebody else, and they were talking about in the Bible, and they talk about manna, right? And they're like, manna yeah, isn't gotcha, isn't yeah, really specifically, yeah, isn't really to be taken like it's it's food is it's bread or whatever, whatever. but they said it, it could be, it could have been mushrooms. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like, manna could, <laughs> so manna or um, like mushrooms, right? Obviously it's a fungus, right? It grows in. Yeah. It's, 
now they've 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 actually done studies as far as like for the earth right i think the biggest living thing would be the coral reef right stretching yeah. around the entire world and it's yep. connected right it's connected the fucking coral reef in australia stuff happens to it and it affects coral reef in hawaii or whatever you know what i mean like it's all yeah. it's a connected living thing now um like mushrooms the fungus whatever is the same thing on on land like it's the biggest living thing and they found yeah. um I don't know. They, they, they talked about how they found like this big patch of fungus that runs from like Ireland all the way through a fucking just like Africa into Africa or yeah. something crazy like that. Right. Something that's like unheard of. And, um, and they talk about how this is a living thing. And when you ingest that and it can unlock something inside of you, like, um, cause we're energy, you know what I mean? We're just energy. People are walking fucking meat sacks that just hold yeah. energy. Right. That's what our yeah. bodies are. Or a fucking skeleton that keeps a structure. The skin holds all the juices and shit together. Yeah. But basically, we're a walking fucking Duracell battery. So, I'm not sure where I was going with this. The um, <laughs> I'm just trying to show you like there's a connection. No, yeah, yeah. Um, when you take these these fucking mushrooms, man, and it, it just brings you back to to like you're connected with everything. Right? There's a giant connection yeah. across the earth, across with other people, and I definitely think. Not, not, and you can't, it's not even possible. You can't stay in that, in that forever. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah, you, right. you, you can take mushrooms again, you know, a month later and try to experience right. it again, but you can't stay in that, in that, um, I can't even think of the word. You can't stay like that. So, but I definitely dude. Um, I think you should try it, man. I think you should try it at least once in your life <laughs> just to, just did, to. Did I ever tell you? It was I, like I, there's during... no reason not to, I'll say that. There's no reason not to. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you might, you, you say, I don't like the feeling. Well, you just get, who cares what you like? It's not about <laughs> what it's, you know. You, well, I think. Uh, that's a selfish thing. That's selfish for you to be like, I don't do it because I don't like the way it makes me feel. No, it's going to unlock other things for you. It's gonna, yeah, yeah. And it, even if you don't like it, you can't say you don't like it until you try it. And then if you don't like it, then like, I tried it. Yeah. I didn't like it. It didn't do, you know, anything for me. But I definitely think you should try it, man. That I don't. I I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that I am anti ever trying it. Like we're gonna we're gonna leave the the window open for the possibility in the future. Um, I don't because I have never like done anything uh, like that. Like um, I've never smoked pot or right. anything. Um, there is like a little bit of like I don't know if I want to like to to do that um but i mean and and if you've never if you've never done anything like that obviously man there's like a um society has put growing up you know has put such a stigma on it like yeah it it makes it sound way crazier than it really is it's just yeah i was you know like weed in the 60s and 70s how they told you like (laughs) you're a reefer madness you're gonna right right and then you hear um, stories of people under psychedelics jumping out of windows. Like, it's not like that, dude. It's totally yeah, not like right, that. right. No, yeah, I don't think that, and I don't have any of those types of thoughts. I do think that there's like, it is an interesting thing where it's just like, you know, we can talk about drinking alcohol like it's a completely normal thing because there's no stigma around that because you and I have all been raised around alcohol right like that's yeah yeah right like you go to the bar you have drinks like it's 
find even i i've never it's like, like a rite of been, passage you can't wait to turn to go to a bar yeah right totally i've never like i personally have never been like really drunk or anything like that um but like even if i was like i would say that and nobody would feel weird about it right like if i was like oh i went out and i drank too much people would be like oh cool you probably had a good time um but right. then there's the other side right where you're like oh I, I like took mushrooms there's a large sect of people still that would be like oh oh interesting you <laughs> <laughs> you did that huh you're like well i mean yeah but like you like literally just put in a gallon of poison into your body like it's called alcohol and um, yeah like you literally like you know your mind goes crazy um not crazy but you know what i mean you can yeah you completely you can completely black out i mean depending on yeah so it it is funny like the stigma behind like you know even even as marijuana is being like legalized there's still like a huge stigma my dad like smokes it for pain um and i think that i think that he maybe has taken it a little too far with how much he smokes but like when he was first doing it. My mom was like, Oh, I don't want you doing this. I'm like, well, he's like taking morphine for like pain pills. Like why is way are more you okay? addictive? Yeah. Why are you okay with morphine or Oxycontin? Like, and not marijuana. Like that doesn't make sense. Like you have, if because you're going to not, because it's prescribed right. by a doctor. Right. Exactly. It makes, it, it, make, it makes you think like it's better. If you're going to not be okay with this, you have to not be okay with the other thing. Um, yeah so it's just weird yeah it's the stigma of, of who's telling you it's good for you you know what i mean if it comes from a doctor right right yeah, it's, it should be fine like you just trust that you just trust that for some reason as opposed to just experiencing it for yourself and just seeing yeah what it can do for you here's the thing um my my brother man he's he, he kind of got sick and and um he's starting to get better now but i had to- told him about um you should try um testosterone like steroids yeah i said you should sure. take, ster- take steroids he's like what no i don't know and i said yeah just you don't have to take like psycho steroids and get like a bodybuilder but take right. some testosterone dude and it'll help you it'll make you feel better it'll help your joints it'll help your muscles it'll give you energy you can sure. help your sex drive every I minute mean, it's just it's your body produces it naturally anyway so it's gonna make you feel great and he was like no nah, i don't know blah 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 and then he goes to the doctor and guess what the doctor prescribes this motherfucker prescribes yeah <laughs> testosterone we're gonna give you yeah injections and he was like what steroids and the doctor was like yeah and now here's the thing is uh i could get him pharmaceutical grade st- testosterone for a 125 bucks a bottle yeah these guy the doctor's charging him 300 for each injection that he has to get yeah. once a week and like i'm like he's like how many injections the amount that the doctor was going to give him is the equivalent to 10 injections from one single bottle right yeah and I'm like, dude, it's I'm I'm telling you, it's the same shit. Uh, this the guy that I know, he has an actual rep, and then they get it from this European company. It's a actual, it's a legit lab. It comes with fucking legit labels, a legit box of with instructions. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's it's like you bought it from it's it's pharmaceutical grade, legit shit. So yeah, I guarantee it's it's the same or better as what your fucking doctor's gonna give you. Yeah, I think that that is that is a big part of it like and especially like with the marijuana specifically like my dad grows it and so like you know what you're you know what you're what smoking right you know what you're doing 
Um, and I think that that is, there is a little bit of a, a legitimate fear, I think, in that where, like, if you go and get, you know, fill in the blank from somebody off the street, you're like, do you, do you really know? Do you really know? Uh, but, but at the same token, like, <laughs> you're, you're trusting, like, with the doctors that, like, it, it's all going to work out. But <laughs> yeah. it's, not, yeah. Um, I was actually, when you were talking about, like pastors and messing up and stuff. Like my wife is a medical resident. So she is obstetrician gynecology, um, which um, you and I were talking, we could have her on just talk about vaginas. Um, yeah. She'll be on the vagina was, episode. Yep. Yeah. That's oh, look forward to that. Um, she'll chart out your menstruation. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, being around like her, like residents and like her medical school people, I, came to this like incredible realization that doctors are just people (laughs) like yeah they have a lot like we went to this medical school like party um i think she was like second year third year whatever and this guy like came up to me drunk and he like flexed showed me his biceps and i was like hey cool (laughs) and he was just like I'm Logan, whatever. I'm like, aren't you going to be a pediatrician? Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, just regular people, man. You're a doctor. Oh, okay, cool. You're like, gosh, damn, um, I could have been a doctor. Right, right. So there is like, you know, there is obviously this huge like uh, education portion to Next it. But time. like, they're people yeah. and they're like taking their educated guesses and it, it's not comforting to think about it. But maybe a little company at that's the same the thing, time man. that's the thing they're taking educated guesses on uh, on something that they learned about and as far as psychedelics they they i won't say acid but like peyote or ayahuasca or mushrooms you know what i mean um psilocybin yeah those that that's been around forever and it's you know it's been used in ceremonies forever you know what i mean yeah. since time immemorial they say yeah um and so when it's passed down and still being used, like um, it's almost like a doctor using it, taking it as an educated guess because it's been studied. You know what I mean? Yeah. May, may not, maybe it's barely being studied now medically, but traditionally these things have been used to, to help people. I mean, for generations. So yeah, that's totally. why I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Like I'll tell people like, yeah, you definitely need to try it. You know, once I wouldn't tell you, you need to try crack. You know what I mean? I wouldn't tell you. you need to <laughs> right. Right. Coke. Just yeah. because, maybe, because, you know, like I've done it. So you need to try it. It makes you feel great. Yeah. But I, I would never do that. You know what I mean? But there is a stark difference though, right? Like <laughs> between those two things. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll start my own church and we have these cocaine ceremonies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, they've been going on since the eighties and uh, <laughs> it's, been, <laughs> it's been going pretty well. Uh, I, I've been trying to, I've been trying to work this bit about, um, so like my church, you know, there's probably like 80 or hundred people when we do meet, obviously we haven't been meeting because of COVID, but probably like 80 or a hundred people at the location. And that's about the same size, um, at like different churches that I've worked at. And I, I've been trying to have this thought of like, there's these different cults and, uh, like people, you know, hundreds of thousands of people or like thousands of people drink Kool-Aid and mass suicides. And right. you have these cult leaders uh, who have these churches of a thousand, like thousands upon thousands of people. Uh, and his pitch is like, Hey, you should be a part of my church. 
uh, and I'll sleep with your wife. And they're like, great. Okay, cool. Like, Give me up for that. We're, okay, we have to go listen to you preach and you're going to have sex with my wife? <laughs> Perfect. And they have a bigger church than me? I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what is the... Where's the gap here that I'm like, no, cool. It, we, we laugh. We have a good time. We have coffee. Nobody wants like, that. Nah, not having it. <laughs> like, then this guy's like, yo, if you go to my church, I'll have intercourse with your wife. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Will I be allowed to have intercourse with anybody else's wife? No. No, Only no, no, no. With you, everybody you will else's be wife. Completely, you will you. be completely. Uh, yeah, so you get to uh, babysit the kids. I was gonna say, but you will get to commit suicide at the end of a five-year run. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Great, perfect. Sign me up. I don't know exactly how I'm gonna turn it into a bit, but I do think that there's something funny and sad <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> and because it's true, it's yeah. True. How right? many people? Yeah, people start cults. I should start a cult. I think I could do it. I, I mean, I think you could too. And you know, you convinced me when Jesse said. <laughs> That I can connect, I connect with the crowd like no other. I'm thinking like I could just start a cult. Yeah, yeah I absolutely can do that. I I, do that. I can make that ask. Um, <laughs> I, so I came on this podcast in the beginning as a as a pastor, and we're leaving with I should do mushrooms, and you're going to start a cult. Um, yeah. so that's how that's how we hold it down. On this is how it goes. Mission accomplished. Yeah, absolutely, um, man. Consider do you it think- held it down. <laughs> <laughs> the next time you go to um to one of the doctor parties you need to ask you seriously like pull them to the side and ask them how many of them have tried different psychedelics and see what they think and then you'll get a medical yeah. opinion yeah off off the record here just you and me man let's have this combo or do you okay, like here's, here's how you trick people you just <laughs> tell them when you're at a party and then you're just like Dude, I'm fucking tripping. I took some fucking shrooms earlier, <laughs> and they are the shit. And then you'll people will either say, "Do you have any more?" Right. Can I buy some, or they'll just be like, "What are you like?" They they will. That's how you'll know. Yeah. Someone who's who doesn't want anything to do with it, or someone who's like on the fence about it, or someone yeah. who's just full blown like bust out. Let's do some. You got any more? Yeah. You know. So do that. Try that. See what happens. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I was. I don't know if this is proper or not um i was in line to get a milkshake um in like kind of downtown area of chicago my friend and i and a guy walked by i was like yo you want some cocaine and i was like oh no thank you um i don't do i <laughs> twice now that has happened and both times i kind of have been caught off guard and i tried to be like as polite as i could i don't know if that i'm like no thank you uh you know but thanks for offering like, I, don't know, like, I can't like, oh no no i've had too much already thank you the guy the guy walking away has got to be like that was a strange interaction um i don't know don't be i don't nice know to how me. to handle myself <laughs> no i'm like i don't know how to handle you look, myself him, you look at him and you just say no i'm good bro that's all no, you say no. i'm good i'm good bro i'm good oh i like that yeah that's all i have to say i'm thank- good bro <laughs> thanks anyway is usually what comes out and then if they say why what what and then just tell them i already got a guy i got my guy already <laughs> i got my guy i'm good bro i got my guy i'm straight i like that I yeah and then they know what that means like oh okay he's got a guy he's cool yeah. like uh, oh he's, 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 he's on the level he's cool he's, he's on the level square. He, he's not as fucking square so uh and he and he knows the rules like he's got a guy he's he's loyal like i can respect that 
That's all you do. I'm good, bro. I got a guy. I love it. Now you know. I love it. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Dude, uh, your your podcast, Talking Hawks, Fox Seahawks took a loss last week, man. A, Ugh, a bad yeah, Oh, God, a heartbreaker. Oh, uh, yeah. We're talking, we're talking about – we just posted we an blew, episode. We blew a 10-point lead. With, what, Which is like the first time that's happened in like 40 games, right? That, that it, We've been in that scenario. Which I was. This is what I, uh, this is what I was waiting I, for. Jesse, to I was blown out these away. Crazy fucking stats, dude. It yeah, like we were like forty and zero with a ten point lead or like a double digit lead in the second half, um, and we we blew it, man. That game was so weird because I didn't actually feel bad, like, or I didn't feel nervous during that game compared to the previous five games where I'm like on the edge of my seat, my heart's racing the entire time. Right. Like for the majority of the Arizona game, I was like. We got this in the bag, no problem. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, I mean, going into this, Arizona's a good team. I mean, they were well, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I did it. think that, yeah, I just and, we went and up on division, them, and our division is so ridiculous. Like, yeah, we have the best God, division. We have like, the best division. Far. We could have been five and zero, oh, and Arizona could have been zero oh and six, and yeah, they would have still to. I mean, it would have just been so such a hard fought yeah. game. Like, and we fucking split with these teams. It seems like every year we we yeah. with our division, and it's 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 frustrating because you, even when you think that we should blow these teams out of the water, yeah. I texted my brother. I was like, even when we had like that ten point lead or whatever, I was like, when they scored and it was only three point lead, I was like, the Seahawks can't like they don't have it in them to blow a team out. Like just they don't just blow a team out for just me. Run the I, score up on them. Be yeah. disrespectful. Yeah. That was – yeah, and there were so many opportunities to win that game. But I do think – I think this loss kind of, like, brings us to reality a little bit, yes. and I think we're going to actually play a lot better. I was just going to say I, that. Um, I was hoping that we were going to sweep Arizona, but I think uh, – I think – well, obviously that's not going to happen, but I think <laughs> San Francisco is going to be the team that we have to sweep, right? Like – yeah. before the season i was like i would like if we split with two teams and swept one team in our division i would be okay with that and honestly even if we split with the other teams like or if we split with san francisco as well it's not you know it's not the end of the world like we're still right. gonna have a good record in the end but yeah man yeah Having a loss sucks. It, it, it does. It it sucks going through that, dude. And and like like I said, dude, losing in overtime when we had a chance to, when he threw well, that interception, so like oh. As a God. as a Seahawk fan, right? Well, one, I walk away a, like still a little bit okay. Um, like you don't have to talk me off the ledge because, like, our dub's not going to throw three interceptions in a game again the rest of the season. Like that's the right. what likely will happen, right? That's it was crazy that he threw three. So that bodes well for us. Um, and what was the other thing? Well, dang it. I had, it, I'm, it's I healthy. losing my train of thought. It's healthy to take a loss anyways, dude, when you're, when exactly, you're undefeated like that. Because right? now the pressure's off. You know what I mean? There's, the pressure's the, off. The pressure's absolutely. off. We, got, we took a loss. Now we're going to bounce back. We're going to make adjustments. And we don't yeah. got to worry about trying to stay undefeated. It's like we just right. play our game now. Exactly. Exactly. I haven't listened. Uh, did, what, did your newest episode drop already after this uh, current loss? It's, we actually we had like some technical difficulties, so it's dropping today. And 
probably as soon as I get off of this call, I will go and post that. Uh, cool. cool, man. <laughs> that episode. I look forward to it. To all my listeners, uh, Jesse, you can catch him on Talking Hawks if you want some more. Here's the other thing. Carl, Carl was, is, is that his real name, Carl Champagne? Is that his name? Yeah. Or is that a stage yep. name? Nope. Real name. That's a cool name. That could be like a yeah. porn star name. That's like it's a, a good, <laughs> that's it's a a good, good name for sure. It is a good name. That's a good, uh, for an entertainer, that's a good name. Yeah. He didn't give us no love when he's talking about killing time. He, he was not a fan. Carl Champagne <laughs> is not a fan of killing time. Oh, I forgot that we, yeah. He said, he, he, said, he was not a fan at all. He said, well, Je- okay, so for my listeners, they, pretty much everyone that listens to this listens to Killing Time too. I'm, I'm assuming. If not, yeah. you can catch my other podcast with me and Brian Brisky, Killing Time with Anthony and Brian. Jesse Roberts was a guest uh, a couple months ago, and then uh, on your podcast, Carl was like, "Did you do the podcast?" And, and then he said, "If you have any respect for Jesse, don't listen to this." <laughs> I and I was I was kind of like taken back that he like felt so strongly yeah. about it i was, I was like, like well i felt like i had to roll with the punches right like so then maybe that's not my like normal like topic that i would like make jokes with but i'm like a guest on somebody else's podcast like i'm yeah. i'm gonna roll with the punches yeah so didn't i thought it was a good think, episode i thought it was yeah funny. i mean like, i didn't think that there was were we disrespectful to you did you feel bad did you feel any type of way after when we were done like man fuck those guys no no not at all i like i didn't sense i I thought uh like like i said maybe not like the topic that i would have like chosen to you know talk about and we did stay on the topic for uh like 45 minutes (laughs) impressively um but i mean i'm gonna have to go back and listen to the episode again and see because i I mean i i I never go back and listen to the old episodes i really yeah I just don't like my sound of my voice. So I don't listen to him. But I heard him say that on yours. And I was like, damn, did we do something? Was it bad? Were we that bad? And <laughs> yeah, that's just. I think, you know, I think it's interesting too. Like Carl, he, there, there are certain things that he will get hung up on. Um, <laughs> and it, like for me, I, I like purpose myself to not be offended by like anything. Like people often will be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, or like they'll swear yeah. or something. I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I'm like, it's fine. Like cool. literally yeah. not. A, you can, you can believe. I think even Brian said it at one point, like that he thought like the Bible and like God is all bullshit. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I'm not offended by that in the slightest. That's, uh, that's job security for you. I mean, that's your, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're the people that you're we like. Are if if to everybody get, yeah. just if everybody believed and everybody yeah. just followed the Bible, <laughs> we wouldn't need pastors to keep us right. in check or to, to to preach that message. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So it's people like him. You need people like him so that you can yeah. So yeah, that I'm, yeah, absolutely. So I'm not offended, and like it. So it is always a little interesting to me when like somebody else who is I would say le- less dedicated, um, like I. Like I'm, I consider myself pretty dedicated, right? Like I went to the, the process to, um, like be credentialed to be ordained. Like right. I, and beyond that, like even when I wasn't that, I was a pretty dedicated like Christ follower, right? And I, yeah. I think that I, um, and then when someone who is I think less dedicated, right, then then I am get 
overly offended. I'm like, I don't know. That is, it's always a little strange to me, but I don't know if we talked about this on the other episode, but have you ever read the satanic Bible? I haven't. Um, I know pretty much um, like the basic idea of it. Um, Right. The, would you feel guilty looking like reading it? I mean, would you ever get take the time to read it or to? Oh, I would read it. Yeah, sure, absolutely. It's a good I, read. I've, it's, it's. I've it's, thought. Um, it's, it's cool. It's crazy. I have thought that I should read. Um, I should read through the Quran at some point. Yeah. Um, and I'm reading a book right now that is about like re- religious violence, but it is written by a rabbi. Um, and so like, so it's talking about from a like a Jewish perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think again, like with the idea of this, um, you know, you hear like the satanic Bible and you think like, you know, our conservative Christians would be like, Oh, like that's, uh, that, that's evil. You're going to like, I don't know, put a curse on somebody or something right? Um, like that. I, that's not actually like, so like the satanic, like the first part of the satanic Bible is all like, almost like how you live your life, like a way of life. And yeah. and it and it kind of makes sense when you're reading it. The second half of the Satanic Bible is like rituals and spells and shit like that. Oh right, so, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of. I mean, I, I never tried any of those, but I did read it. I did read it and I, just just to get a perspective because I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I would like to know. Uh, yeah, why not? If you can if you can look at the opposing team's playbook and you see what they're about, then sure, sure. Then why not? You know. Well, and I think too, like, uh, it's interesting to say because I it you know, is naturally in juxtaposition with the Bible. Um, But like, I think that there's a lot of stuff in the world religions that like, again, I believe that like we were created in God's image. And then when people are creating religions, I think naturally you're going to have overlap, a lot of overlap in, in the religions. And I think I'm like, Oh yeah. Like that makes sense. Like, that lines up with what I read in the Bible. This lines up with what I read in the Bible. I think that, you know, pretty much, and correct me if I'm wrong, the big theme of um, like the satanic Bible is pretty much just like do what makes you feel good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's putting yourself first. Yeah. Right. And so um, I think that there are certain like elements to that of like that, like people need to like have some, you know, I need to have some me time. Um, or I'm going to uh, go crazy and I'm going to like be operating from an empty level. Um, But yeah. So, but I think like, if you're always putting yourself first, like I think that that is, well, I don't actually need a Bible or the satanic Bible to help me in that because I pretty naturally um, put myself first. Um, Right. It's a selfish, uh, I have selfish tendencies. Um, but yeah yeah but i i like yeah i wouldn't be opposed to like reading it at all okay well so then the next time you come down me you brandon allen are going to drop acid and read the satanic bible book club (laughs) (laughs) book club (laughs) book club (laughs) oh man man. book club last last little story and this is actually not even that epic to end on but i worked at northtown a long time ago uh northtown coffee for those of you who are not in yakima and i was closing one night and brandon was in like working late or something i don't know um we closed at midnight and so he left you know it was just like me in 
and him in the coffee shop. He left, and like a second later, two seconds later, he comes storming back in. He's like, you got to look at the effing sky. Like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, what? what? He's like, we look, and there's like these like lights, right, in the sky. He's like, the UFOs are here. They're coming. I'm like, bro, those are like lanterns that people have released. Um, yeah. Like, I – I get it. That looks weird, but like, yeah, it's just those are just lanterns. Sorry, man. He wanted <laughs> he goes, to believe. So- he goes, oh, okay. Have a good night, man. I'm like, all right, see you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's my dude, man. I'm on now. This I is, love that we, guy. We've He's gone way too long, but I am, uh, I am 100 percent um, in belief of aliens. Me too. I'm, I'm all in on aliens. We're we're gonna we're gonna have you back. And we're gonna have an alien episode, dude. Let's have like uh, let's get Brandon on. Let's get somebody else on. Like let's have an alien roundtable. Here's the other. Uh, thing. If, if, here's man. Again, I hate to be this guy, but if you take psychedelics and you just go chill outside and you will fucking see the aliens. They are there. 100%. Yeah, I think <clears throat> like I think that's another thing people. I've brought this idea up before and people are like, well, if there's aliens then like God can't be real. I'm like, what? How, like, where are you drawing that parallel? Like why? A lot of people. Have you ever seen the hit film Prometheus? Yes. Yeah. At the very end. Right. They're like, Oh, sorry. Like we were created by these aliens. uh, So your God isn't real. And she's like, yeah, but who created the aliens? I'm like, yeah, "Yeah." exactly. He gets it. Create the whole gig anyway. universe, the whole galaxy, whatever you want to call it. Dude, we can talk. We can talk a long time about aliens. I'm, I'm in, man. Okay, I'm we'll, all we'll in. do that, man. We'll do that. <laughs> we talk dinosaurs. We talk aliens. We talk Boom. religion. We talk. Come on. <laughs> drugs. We talk sports teams. We talk Seahawks. I suppose. Oh, here's I what su- I was gonna say. Yeah. Well, I don't mean to backtrack. No, it's fine. But real, real quick, I will say this. Um, Carl Champagne hurt my feelings for like two seconds when, yeah. he said, when he said, don't listen. I was like, what? What the fuck, dude? Yeah. And, then, and, then like, and then literally like two or three minutes later, he was like, I fucking don't like comic books. I hate Marvel movies. And I'm like, okay, this dude's opinion completely. Oh, he doesn't crazy. have a real this, opinion. This guy's completely off his rocker. Yeah. I have no problem. He's water under the bridge. We're friends again. Yeah. He's just crazy. Now, I do not like Marvel movies or comic books. I know, I know. It's he's an interesting cat, <laughs> which is like it's so. I funny. don't know. You I know don't know how we became friends because you know that's like all that I talk about. Right? I was thinking that like, what? Could, Jesse's a comic nerd. Like, we were gonna do yeah. a comic book comedy show at a comic yeah. book shop. Like, we talk comics all the time, and then he's just like, "I, they're stupid." And I'm like, "What yeah. the fuck?" Yeah, no, dude. Uh, I was like, fuck, just gonna say it totally slipped. I had a Jesse moment right there, it just totally slipped my mind. <laughs> yeah, now, no, I will I'm say, like, you guys are funny, man. You, it's so funny because I feel like you just go with the flow and you're talking, and then Carl will come with like a like a little setup or something. Yeah, and then you'll start talking, and then he'll be like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. <laughs> oh man, you said it already. Oh, okay, yeah, oh, man, you ruined it. Just keep going, like, dude. It's like every episode, like, so he has these hit yeah. big hopes and expectations. Is like, but like it's gonna mesh perfectly. But I mean, it's just right. a conversation, so you just talk, and he's like, "No, I didn't want you to say it now." 
it's so it, interesting. Ten minutes. It's so interesting because he doesn't know anything about football. Like I'm, it's crazy. I'm trying to convince him to be a football fan and a Seahawk fan, but it's so hard to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't know <laughs> anything. I'm about. talking to your three year old nephew, and he was like, oh. yeah. Like when he first pitched the idea, I'm like, okay, sweet. Like, I mean, my brother and I, we have a 30, 45 minute conversation about the Seahawks after every single game. Yeah. Like, I'll just do that and record it. But then I'm like, there's no like real back and forth here uh, right. because like you don't really know what's going on. And here's the, here's yeah. the other part too is so the whole concept, the premise of Jesse's podcast is uh, Carl, he's nothing, no knowledge about football whatsoever, but he, uh, Jesse's trying he uses the podcast to try to convince him to be a Seahawks fan and he gives them all these facts about the history of the Seahawks and then they current about the games and stuff trying to convert him into being a fan so during the, the funny part is during the whole thing Carl is like he's very persistent about making everybody clear that he is not a Seahawks fan <laughs> he's like I'm not a fan I'm not a fan but then when you guys start talking he's like so we're four and oh, and we're like, you can tell yeah. he's, he's starting to get excited about it. And yeah. it's super cool, dude. It's, it's actually really cool to see it. Like, um, like I remember you told me about it as your night, as an idea of what you guys were going to yeah. do. I was like, that's going to be cool. And then the first couple of episodes, they were cool. You know, the banter going back and forth, but now that the season is kicking in, dude, and we're, we, yeah. we're, we're, we're kicking ass and like we're winning. It's cool to see him try to like, he says he's not a fan, but you can tell the excitement. Yeah, totally. Like, I can feel the energy. Like, he's becoming a fan, dude. And dude, I've awesome. been telling him. I'm like, if if you're not a fan after this year of, like, the Seahawks or football, it's impossible. There's not, there's not going to be a football season, like, more, like, better set up for you to be a Seahawks fan. Yeah, yeah. Every game is engaging. Every, Every game is exciting. Oof. We've been winning with the exception of this last game, like, I made him watch a Thursday night game. Uh, I think between the Jets and the Broncos, I'm just like, I need you to clear your palate of Seahawk football yeah. and watch just two terrible teams like play. <laughs> <laughs> and he texts me, he's just like, "Dude, this is awful." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. Like, this, this is, is what brutal. other people have to deal with." Be thankful. Like, being being Be thankful a, Seahawk a Seahawk fan, fan. is is great. <laughs> yeah, you could tell he was like, I remember the first episode when you're explaining everything, and he was like, "So that's it." <laughs> the twelfth, the twelfth man is just—you're just a fan, like that's it. There's nothing. Yeah, else. it's awesome. Yeah, it's fucking great, dude. We're the, we are the twelve. He's like, yeah. not more. Like, well, you also get a monthly mailer. Um, you get coupons. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. What do you want? What do you want from me? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Yeah. Get this. That's, I tell he moved to Florida, and I want him to like come back to chicago there's a seahawk bar that i like go to to watch the games yeah and i'm like you go there you watch the game it is awesome it's so much fun to like be with people that are rooting for the seahawks like you can't not be a fan in that setting like he's watching the games alone in florida and they're it's exciting football like for sure but it's like dude if you can like come back and experience it with people like that's that's what makes like football or any yeah. sporting event fun is when yeah, you're doing that it camaraderie, people. man, that energy. Yeah, absolutely. Like it. Absolutely. You want to feel energy psychedelics. No, I'm just kidding. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the one. <laughs> so where can we find you, man? Where can we listen to your podcast? Let, let, let the people know. Yeah. So you can find, we are on uh, Spotify. We are on um, iHeartRadio. And we're on a whole bunch of different other like 
<laughs> weird podcast things. We've been incredibly lazy. We're not on iTunes yet. That needs to happen. But if you like Google Talking Hawks, Carl, Jesse, that'll that'll take you to like a Spreaker, Podchaser, whatever. Right. Um, yeah, we're out there. Just don't look for us on iTunes. (laughs) Don't look for us on the most popular platform ever. On the biggest platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the one that's most easy for you guys to find us. Don't do that. You know how your iPhone comes with an app pre-installed for podcasts? We're not on that one. Yeah, yeah, that's not not our game. (laughs) That's too easy. (laughs) I've been doing a – I can't remember if I had this bit. I probably have, but I I say like I – you know, hey, if you want to follow me, like I'm – I'm not on Instagram or anything like that, uh, but I, I have a mailing list. Uh, so if you want to, like, you can see me after the show. What I do is um, I take a Polaroid of my dinner and I mail it out to people. That works. Jesse is an yeah. old man. We told you. Yeah. He sounds young. Jesse is 67 years old. Uh, yeah, I'm 67. I was trying to think like. I remember. Here's a funny thing, dude. I remember uh, when we first started hanging out and Jesse was a youth pastor and um invited me to hang out at the church it was like a little get together thing you're like yeah my youth group is doing this and i'm like is there an age limit (laughs) and you're you're like well like 21 is probably like the oldest and i was like okay yeah well i'm 28 my girlfriend's 31 like we're kind of old you're like yeah you're that old like i just thought it was younger dude which i felt good about me and my yeah. girlfriend felt good. My girlfriend at the time, you know, we're like, damn, we look young. Jesse wants to hang out with us. We're yeah. going to go to the youth group. We're going to hang out with the youth group. Dude, you know what's funny is like, as soon as I graduated high school, like I was still hanging out with like a couple kids that were like younger than me, right? So 19, I'm still hanging out with like some 16, 17 year olds. But my brother is two years older than I am. And then there was, you know, people who were in their like early 30s at the time. And I was hanging out with them as well. And so like everything for me, I would, I'm just like, yeah, we're all the same. Just we're all the together. same age. Like, yeah. yeah. As soon as you're out of like the grade system, everybody's pretty much the same age. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like how I'm 30 now. How old are you? I'm 37. My birthday's next week. Actually, my birthday Whoa. is November 3rd. So go out Mark and it vote down. And go out and vote in honor of Anthony. Yeah, because I can't and, vote. Uh, so you. Can- <laughs> wait, you can't. Oh, I'm a felon. Oh god. So in honor that's... of me, go out and vote. I don't care. I think I just as a side note, I think that that's the most bogus. uh, It's a scam law. It's a ridiculous law. That should be changed because you're still a you're still a citizen. You still have to live here. Pay taxes. I still pay taxes. I still have to abide by all these rules. And here's the thing: I can't vote because I'm a felon, but I can have my rights, my voting rights, restored if I go in and pay the fee. It's a fucking scam. So you know, I I can go pay. And I'm still a felon, but I have my my voting rights restored. But it's going to cost me fifteen hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Listen, it's a it's a, it's a principle scam. thing. Biden is going to get the eleven electoral from Washington anyway, so yeah. don't. No, yeah, at least Washington's a blue state. I'm I'm okay on a national level. That doesn't really matter too much, but that yeah, fifteen hundred bucks. It's silly, it's silliness. I will, however, pay a thousand dollars to get my gun rights restored yeah i'll be eligible actually uh, next summer so so it's two different fees that you have to yeah for every little thing that you want restored 
so I can have I can have my actual conviction vacated, pay a fee. I can have my gun rights restored, pay a fee. I can have my voting rights restored, pay a fee. That's like, it's a, yeah. That's stupid. There's so many things like in Chicago. There's like so many different things that you have to like have to like be able to drive. Um, like you have to, not only do you have to pay for parking everywhere, but you have to like also have this sticker that makes you eligible to park in Chicago, which is like 150 bucks every year. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) Like you're making me pay in licensing fees and all this. And then like, I have to have a sticker to even have my car in here. It is. Yeah. I get. Dude, it is a giant scam. Everything. Big old scam. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You get a pay to drive, pay to park. And then pay for the ability to park. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, you're going to get a fine and you're going to pay the fine for not paying the fine. It's come on. Right. Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, we probably should wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, but before we get on another rail, uh, me railing against uh, anti-government. Um, but, dude, man, this was fun. Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. It's always fun. And honestly, even before we started recording, I mean, we talked for a good 20 minutes probably. Before, <laughs> right. I know, you know? We've, been, we've been on the Zoom call for like three hours. <laughs> I love it. All right. Two well, and a half. Everyone. Oh, here's a disclaimer too. If you are going to go out and try drugs, if you're in Chicago and a guy comes up and asks if you want to try cocaine, I would definitely um, look online, dude. There's drug testing kits. Make sure you know what you're taking. Like you said. Oh, really? We, we talked about this when you're like, well, we don't really know what they're taking. Yeah, there's kits like there's LSD kits, psilocybin kits, whatever. Yeah, that yeah. Be smart to, about it to make like, sure because you don't want to take a bunch of shit that's just full of. I mean, you don't want to OD on some fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, if you are gonna dabble, I would find somebody like a Brandon and uh, have have the expert walk you through. Dude, he's a right? he's a guide. Yeah, dude, he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you want to know things about Jesus or like craft coffee, like. Come to me. I'll let you know. Jesse's the guy. I'll show you the right things. Same same thing. Same thing with your shrooms in essence. <laughs> yes. Say exactly. <laughs> Jesse's like, well, next time, yeah, I'll tell you what, Jesse, this is what we'll do. I'll let you brew up some, we'll get some mushrooms. We'll get some shrooms and then you can brew up, brew them up and we'll drink that. There we go. We'll make them taste delicious. Absolutely. It's a nice pour over, uh, <laughs> a nice pour over. <laughs> shroom <laughs> <laughs> oh shit uh, all right man we stuff uh, thanks for coming on man i appreciate it always yeah, yeah man good talking with and you and thanks and, thanks for holding it down anthony absolutely my man and for my listeners uh, thanks for listening man you can catch jesse on talking hawks google him um don't try to look for him on social media he no <laughs> however man in a year and a half i'm, I'm counting down the days until i get back to yakima comedy absolutely love it a year and a half that'll fly by sweet man all right everybody all right see you guys yeah anthony hernandez holding it down no nonsense content throw the ram talking about things that are so profound talking about this and that and getting real loud he's on that podcast holding it down this is it Recognize when you hear the sound No subject going untouched Listen up and pipe down This shit about to start right now Right now Holding it down, holding it down Holding it down, holding it down Holding it down, molding the crown Owning the clown, scolding the ham Calling the pound, putting them down Going to town, messing around 
holding it down, holding it down, holding it down, holding it down. Take the movie, homeward bound, folding the gown, smoking a pound. The chosen one, open your mouth, holding it down, holding it down. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.